Hello and welcome to the Shea Hits Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate my dog not being there to greet me at the door when I get home from work. Oh, my name's Kyle, and today I hate hard work. What's what's hard? Uh, you don't have a job right now. Hey, I do have a job. I only work nine months out of the year. So, <laughs> so right <laughs> but now, right now you don't have a job. You you don't have. You're not. Well, that's not totally true. I know you still do site managing sometimes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Schedule all those. I communicate with all those people. Someone so part time job. A, a ballet left their little ballet stand things. The berets or the barrets. I forget how you pronounce. It. Probably beret. Because it's oh French. the poles the poles that they like hold on to yes so they okay. left they left a bunch of those there and today I helped facilitate a conversation between them and administrations so they could come into the theater and pick them back up hell yeah so I'm working earning those dollars yeah you I don't are. get paid for that though <laughs> um, there's no uh, there's no commission for uh, giving someone someone else's email address well so I've been like I've been looking into I'll get into the hard work in a second now that we're on this may as well talk about it I've been like thinking about because I, I currently don't get reimbursed for my time spent communicating with clients and scheduling and it's a huge pain in my ass like okay. that's the least that's my least favorite thing that I do. You just get paid hourly when you're there. Um, correct. And then, mm-hmm. um, so, like, I just do that stuff, like, when I can in between other things. So, like, an option is I start tracking my time, and but that's just not good because sometimes it's, like, two minutes here or there, like, seven or eight times throughout the day. And it's hard to just know how much time I'm spending doing that. The other thing is, like, oh, like, 3% of the rental bill is just going to become, like, a commission thing for mm-hmm. that thing. And that's something that I've wanted to talk to the assistant principal about, but he has not made himself available to speak on it, even though he said he would also brainstorm ideas. I said, hey, I have this idea. Let's talk about it. Let's let's meet. And he, nope, it's summer. No one wants to fucking do anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my hard work, mm-hmm. I was recently on a trip, and I got back, and I lazed about for a day. But then yesterday, okay, so we're recording this early for various reasons. Um, it is currently Thursday before this goes up. So yesterday on Wednesday, I had to go help mom return the rental car from the trip and then okay. took her to get her car. And immediately following that, I had to go to my co-director's house because she is moving into a new apartment. So myself and some of the guys who just graduated from our theater program uh, this year came along and she paid everybody 50 bucks. I, I told her just like have us do it and pay us a little bit of money as opposed to having a moving company. Like she has to pay like $600 for a moving company to do it, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. So this way she only pays like a couple hundred bucks. Uh, and we moved all of her stuff and she does not have Ikea furniture. She has furniture that's made well and heavily <laughs> as right. I found out. Um, all of her things were in the top floor of a house, so they all had to come down the stairs, including a washer and a dryer. And then her new apartment is also on a second floor, so we had mm-hmm. to bring everything up a set of stairs mm-hmm. um, and then put it all together. So that's what I did yesterday. And then today, as soon as I woke up, I started um, pulling the doors and drawers out of my bottom kitchen cabinets and getting the whole area prepped and a bunch of um, 
Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, crap. What are they called? Uh, uh, drop cloths taped around and cut to the proper sizes and, and taped on the ground. Everything taped because I paint, finally painted my bottom cabinets in my kitchen. When I okay. moved in, we painted the top cabinets white and the bottom cabinets were still the brown. So mm-hmm. now they are currently white. That's Dad came over today. We had lunch and he helped me paint some stuff. And that's what Fun. we got done. I also hand sanded with a little for twenty eight dollars. It can be yours. A Black and Decker hand sander with vacuum attachment. Um, Give me, uh, yeah, I'll take that. Sure, you gotta I'll pay me twenty eight dollars or sand Amazon twenty eight dollars. My entire life. <laughs> so I, because I, I, we have a whiteboard wall in our dining room, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a wall that has been painted with a special type of thing that makes it a whiteboard. So you can write on it and erase, and it works great, yep. except for the spots where it doesn't. So <laughs> I decided to redo it, um, which meant sanding the entire wall and then priming it again with foam rollers for a nice smooth finish and then reapplying the stuff. Thankfully, the kits are only like 20 bucks, so I just need two kits. So that's only 40 bucks worth of the whiteboard paint. And then I have leftover primer from when we moved in. Um, so I just had to buy this little hand sander for 28 bucks. I did that today. I sanded it. Wall is nice and smooth, ready to be primed. I still need to do that. And then I need to put one coat on, wait three days, and then put another coat on, and then wait another three days, and then it will be ready. So I would like to change the name of this podcast to the Shea Hates Home Improvement Podcast. Okay. Because <laughs> all of this sounds terrible. And sounds like things that I don't want to do when I buy a house. It was very hard. Um, and just think, I did. So I did the entire bottom cabinet. My dad and I did in a day today. Mm-hmm. I took all of the hardware off, all of the drawers off, prepped the entire area. That's what I did with my whole morning. And then he got here. We had lunch, and then we spent three hours just painting. And then we also spray painted some tiki torches for the wedding. Um, cause that was apparently a task that was thrust upon me by my future mother-in-law bless her. Um, so we got that done too. Um, yeah, and it's just all course of a day. I sanded the wall, did all that stuff. So it's manual labor really is what we're getting down to. Right. Like, yes, all of it is hard, but specifically you hate the manual labor that you have had to do. Right. Cause like what I enjoy is. Um, and I think most people are probably the same way. I think I really enjoy thinking about like, okay, this will look good. We should do this and we should do Mm -hmm. that. This will look really cool. And I'm really interested in what the end product is going to be like actually having to get on your knees and do the work and sweat and hurt your back and your shoulders and muck up your arms and hands. That part sucks. Yep. It's the crazy thing about doing things is that the doing part is the hardest part. Like the planning and ideating is the fun part, but then you have to do it, and that's the part that's not usually as fun. Yeah, and that's just like, you know, it reminds me of the wage split we have in the United States and thinking that there are some people who just, they have the, they get to do the fun part, the ideas and the final product, they get to have that, and they just pay someone to do the do the do part. Okay, 
But what does that have to do with the wage gap? Yeah, the wage gap. Well, because I am not on the favorable half of the wage gap, so I have to do it all okay. myself. Okay, so you're That's just saying, saying, like, you're just saying you're mad that rich people don't have to do manual labor. Right. That has nothing to do with the wage gap. You're just mad that other people have more money than you. Yeah, but there's a gap on our wages. <laughs> That's no. Nope. Not the same. Not the same argument. <laughs> You're just mad that other people have more money than you. That has nothing that has nothing to do with the wage gap. You just want to be rich. Is hey, what you're you know, saying. your opinion doesn't matter anymore because now I know what you make, and that's more than I do by a lot. So Yeah, it's, it's still not should, a lot. You could probably pay someone to do it. You just would then also not no. be able to pay for other stuff. Ex- Yo, okay. <laughs> Bingo. Anyone can do anything if they're willing to sacrifice paying for other things. Yeah. I could go buy a Mercedes if I didn't want to eat for a couple months. And even then, probably not. But I could I could find a way to make that work. I would die. <laughs> but in the, in the short term. Yeah. But yes, all of that sounds terrible and makes me um, not as disappointed with my work-life balance. Yeah. But hey... You have some of this to look forward to in your future. Yep. Because in not too distant future, you and uh, the wifey are going to be looking at getting a place. That's correct. So we'll be able to do all of that fun stuff. And I am very thankful that my wife loves projects like this. I have no issues letting her take the lead on those. And I will help when I can. But that is not an interest that I have, nor a skill that I have. And so it would be dumb of her to expect me to do a lot of that kind of work. I am willing to help and learn, but that's a thing that she wants to do, so I will let her do those things. You're going to have to help a lot. Obviously, I will have to help, (laughs) but I'm not going to take on a big project like that because I don't know how to do it, nor do I want to learn how to do it. Yeah. I am on the side, and it's not because I'm rich, but it's because of how I am. I am on the side that if we need to redo our bathroom, I would rather pay somebody that knows how to redo a bathroom. I understand that I can do it cheaper if I do it myself, but I am not interested, nor do I want to take the time or energy to do that myself. Right. Like, something of that magnitude I would not take upon myself. But, like, in my bathroom, they put this the cheapest, tiniest little um, crown molding you can possibly get. It's basically just a Mm -hmm. tiny little curved wedge. Um, and put that up, and that has fallen out. Like, parts of it have fallen out of the ceiling. So I need to go get new crown molding, and that's something I can do. Like, I can measure, and I can cut the pieces. I can put them up. I can caulk them, and we're good to go. Like, that's something I can do. But, like, taking out the tub shower unit, putting a new tub in, tiling, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Right. Um, So there's a a limit to my do-the-do. It will definitely be be a discussion for my wife and I when we come to that point because she is farther along on the let's get a fixer-upper home right? than I am. I am, like, on an episode of House Hunters, I am the person that says, move in ready, baby. Give me something. <laughs> I'll pay a little bit of a premium so I can go in there and not have to worry about anything. And she's the one that wants the little bit of charm, a little bit of, I would call it shittiness in a home where she can work on it and make it better. Right. And that's a great thing. If you like doing that, it's a great thing. If you're looking to make money when you sell your home, or if you don't have a ton of money up front to spend on a home, that's just not what I want. And so we will inevitably compromise somewhere in the middle and I will hate that part of it, but that is marriage. 
neither of us ever gets what we want. That's marriage. <laughs> Hating parts of it. That's marriage. Right. Marriage is never quite being totally happy with anything. <laughs> That's good. It's always the give and take. So, as you mentioned, we are recording this fairly early. We typically record on like a Saturday or a Sunday, post on Monday. We're recording this Thursday because I am leaving at 6 a.m. on Friday morning for a flight to Chicago to see a buddy of mine get married, which is very exciting, but obviously screws up the whole weekend plan for the podcast. Um, So we're doing it now. I'm going to edit it, get everything ready to go. So hopefully it all works because I won't be in a position to fix it if it doesn't. (laughs) so, yeah, I guess um, that's kind of where we are. So if any big news breaks over the weekend, which isn't typical, but that's why we weren't able to talk about it. We are going to go through a bunch of the stuff from San Diego Comic-Con, just like we did last year. Um, but first, so you mentioned taking a trip. Yes. Because you and mom came and visited me. Yes. And um, down I mean, in the south. Yeah, the dirty south. The <laughs> dirty south. Um not that we need to like go through every single thing that we did because who gives a shit other than us. But one thing we did do, which is appropriate to talk about on a podcast about video games. Yeah, this is, is so we, cool. We played Destiny 2 together. And I, I played didn't on my bring PS4. my PS4. Yeah. And but we you still played, played it. You played Destiny 2 via remote play on your Vita. Damn straight I did over the which interwebs. Which is crazy. That's insane. You turned your PlayStation 4 on from 500 miles away. Yeah, I did. That's I did the do future. That. <laughs> that is the That's future. the future. The crazy thing is that this ha- this technology has existed and worked for at least like four years, if not more, because this worked with a PlayStation 3. Really? Yeah. Oh, the Vita remote the, Yeah, the Vita could remote play a PS3 over the internet. Huh. I don't remember that. Yeah. Interesting. That's nuts. So it's, I mean, and you explained this to me a little bit of kind of the how it works, but I think would be interesting to talk through again. So it's using your home's internet to stream to your Vita, correct? correct? Yeah, Yeah, so so my PS4 is doing all the heavy lifting at home, Mm -hmm. and it is uploading essentially what is just a video stream to... through the through the wires and satellites of the WWW, and mm-hmm. then it, I'm downloading that information from your internet onto my Vita where it displays it, and then my controller input on the Vita is then uploaded and going through uh, the cables and the satellites of the WWW mm-hmm. back to my home PS4 where it accepts the input like a regular controller does. So so yeah so basically your your Vita was acting like kind of like a switch controller yes to your PS4 because you were seeing it on your Vita but it was acting like a controller for your PS4 right so that's kind of even cooler than hey you turned on your PS4 from 500 miles away you were actually playing your PS4 from 500 miles away correct so if if Kara went and turned on your television would she be able to watch you playing on your TV? She did just that one of the mornings. She turned it That's on to crazy. go play Lego Harry Potter that we bought on and sale. Were, and and, I was, saw and she was she was like, oh, why is the game playing itself? She was like, oh, <laughs> Kyle's playing with his Vita. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is very cool. Yeah. And it, it worked 
decently well. Like the, you didn't have to fiddle with it to get it running, right? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I mean, the first time I popped it up, it was like, oh, the internet speeds aren't right, and I tried it again, right. and then it was fine. Yeah. Um, I think it was. And just there was a- some. There were some hitches here and there, yeah. like a little bit of lag. I know the graphics kind of went. It, it's like watching a YouTube video on on a bad internet where it keeps going between the HD and like poor vid, video quality. Yeah, it, it was essentially like switching between 480 and 360. Excuse me, 360p is yeah. kind of the resolution I was getting, and that's more a symptom of the fact that my home internet doesn't have high upload speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of the main bottleneck for me there. But, I mean, like, if you have decent upload speeds, like, I think we have, like, we typically get, like, anywhere between 5 and 8 megabit upload speeds, so it's not a lot. Um, so that was, I think, kind of hamstringing the video quality. Right. Um, and then it did, there were a lot of, um, like, there was a lot of, like, artifacting and, like, micro um, compression, like, parts mm-hmm. of the screen were compressing more than other parts of the screen. Um, stuff like that, where it was just kind of trying to make it work and keep it going um, as the internet service kind of waxed and waned. But it worked for the most part, and honestly, like, the the input lag was not unbearable, which is the craziest part to me, that you you would think 500 miles away, that input lag has to be, like, a second. But it was Mm -hmm. really, it was like... You know, I, I'm not even gonna guess. It was not a lot. It was noticeable, but it wasn't game breaking. Correct. Like I was still I mean, able to play. Playing a first person shooter that is kind of a live game, right? That's it's real time. Isn't the ideal way. Like if you were playing something like Octopath Traveler, that would be much easier to do, right? Because that's all dependent on your inputs. It's not you're not having to react to things in real time. We didn't try to do any, like, strikes or crucible PvP or anything just because I think that would have been too bad at that point. Yeah. But for what we did, which was just we did just random open-world exploration shooting guys and public events and stuff. I mean, it seemed to, the vast majority of the time, work fine. Yeah, absolutely. There, there were a couple instances where it was really freezing up for a couple of minutes and then it kind of mm-hmm. cleared up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it totally, totally worked. We were able to get some of our daily and weekly powerful gear stuff out of the way which was awesome yeah, man and and speaking of since we're already on the destiny topic i have a very public bone to pick with you. oh my god pick your bone and that is that is that when cody got you um the dlc pack and you convinced me to get the dlc pack tricked me into getting it almost you know i i, I would venture to say swindled maybe swindled that's more nefarious swindled me into getting the dlc along with you my understanding was this is something we were going to be doing together not every single time we play the game but regularly and for the first couple weeks that's exactly what happened we played through the the osiris dlc we played through the warmind dlc we played through the raid together we did our weekly events together we did some random grinding together and then all of a sudden out of nowhere on this weekly reset on tuesday this week I texted you and said, hey, Kyle and Cody, were you guys planning on playing at all tonight? Since I'm going out of town, this would be a good night for us to reconvene with the three of us, as we have done every week, multiple times per week, and do the nightfall and do the other things. Is that the version of the text that you want to hang your hat on right now? I'm sorry. I'm I'm not finished yet. I'm not done here. And to which I got a reply, oh, we already did that shit. So because I have no friends... 
which you know and have known for a long time, not only do I not have friends that play Destiny, I don't have any friends, period, that I could even try to convince to play Destiny. Now I just can't do my weekly stuff. Because you had already done it, which takes away my opportunity to do it. And that's, like, that's... Uh, it hurts me deep in my core that you... And it's not like you had a third person that you... Uh, someone you had replaced me with. You guys just did it, the two of you. And didn't even think to invite me to do it with you. Oh, man, we had so much fun. So fucked up. Here's the actual text that you said. It's cool. I didn't want to play Destiny with you guys anyway. That was clear sarcasm. This was at 7.32 p.m. No, I know. I'm just saying tonally completely different from what you just presented yourself as being at the beginning of this conversation. I was hurt. I was hurt. And so I was being very obviously passive-aggressive so that you would admit that you were in the wrong. Okay, and that makes it okay? That was the subtext of that text. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that's how it starts. That's at 7.32 p.m. Mind you, Cody and I have been playing for five hours at this point, um, which is actually literally what I said. I said, we've been playing for like five hours, dude. Did you guys already do all the weekly shit? That's my impression of you. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Assholes. You need, you need to have a deeper, more handsome voice in order if you're going to imitate me. Assholes. <laughs> guess, uh, guess I'll just play some Fallout 4 then. LOL, we're grinding out those dumb shooty target things on Mars. And then Cody says we can always help. And Shay, I just wanted to do the nightfall on that damn heroic adventure on Mars. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you're just immediately hostile. And then Cody, we did the nightfall with two people. Hashtag swag. And then I say, and we did the heroic strikes with a third rando. Hashtag swerg. I also think I need to do that one, Shay. And then you said, well, it's too late. I won't be able to play again until next week. So Bingo. That, so then I say, well, good thing we played when we did then, you goof. He's like, but I didn't get to play. I said, shoulda, woulda, coulda, brother. Yes. And he said, you guys no. didn't invite me. That ain't my fault. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well, where, no. where in there am I in the wrong? Where in that whole conversation? Like that, you just completely indicted Here. yourself. Judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> of yourself. No. Like, <laughs> no one like I was very clearly saying why wouldn't you guys have invited me I wanted to play we need we usually do these things together these are the things I needed to do and you totally dismissed and said sorry bro tough luck hashtag fuck you it was hashtag swerg <laughs> um, <laughs> what time do you get off work Shay uh five we started playing at two o'clock so okay we were we so were deep. why wouldn't you we were hard why wouldn't in the you paint. tell me that's that's fine. I'm not expecting you to necessarily wait for me for everything. If you guys are going to play together beforehand, I get that. But why would you not at least like, oh, we know we're going to do the nightfall today. We only have two of us. What? There is no benefit in us doing it now at 3 p.m. versus us waiting until 5.30 to do it with Shay. We were just trying to figure out what we were in the mood to do, and we wanted to get some of the weekly stuff out of the way, so we did it, man. Right, so you were being selfish and not thinking of me, your brother and friend. Okay, that part, not thinking of you, totally true. <laughs> you're, you're just... <sighs> not once in the entire process did I go, hey, we should invite Shay. And mm-hmm. you know what? That is my point. <laughs> and now I feel a little bad about it. Ten minutes later, after you tried to defend yourself by reading texts that only make you look worse <laughs> than you originally did... 
my entire point was, bingo, you did not think of me. That's fucked up. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I was, I was jet, I was car lagged from the long trip. Yeah, okay, trip. sure, sure, sure. But I did go on and, um, because I, I instead went and played um, some Fallout 4 that night. And I had a good time. It takes me forever to play Fallout 4 because I am so slow and I look at everything to make sure I find all the resources. Every mission I do, I have to fast travel back to uh, um, Sanctuary to deposit all my shit four or five times. But it's very fun. I killed my first Deathclaw and I was level 12. I freaked the shit out when I saw him because Deathclaws are not supposed to be fought by you when you are level 12. Right. And um, so I have all these mods going. And I, I didn't... I downloaded some mods that give seemingly really overpowered guns, but I'm not using them yet. I'm trying to, like, tell myself to wait on those until I'm in the late game when I don't care anymore. But I did get a shit ton of ammo. I got, like, 25,000 bullets for every type of ammo, so I don't have to worry about that. And I could just use whatever guns I want whenever I want. One of the weapons I got makes mods makes institute rifles more powerful because they're kind of shitty in the regular game yeah you usually don't get access to them until a little bit later and by then all your other guns are much better so this one it makes institute rifles more powerful and gives you a legendary institute rifle right off the bat that does like 25 percent extra critical hit damage and like your critical meter fills a little bit faster uh so i was using that and when i came across the death claw i switched to that gun because it had the most ammo per clip it was like 30 bullets per clip or i guess 30 cells per clip and i just walked in a circle backwards and just hip fired the death claw for like three minutes until i killed him he hit me one time and from full health it almost killed me just like one swipe (laughs) so i'm very lucky to have made it out of that shit alive but uh it was actually kind of fun i felt like i was breaking the game as you so often do when you play those types of games. You're yeah. finding, like, ways to cheese it, you know? Right. In Bethesda games, you the game doesn't break. You break the game, and that right. is what makes it fun. Yes. Yes. Um, and then last night, because I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I have Octopath Traveler, and I just can't bring myself to start it. I think it was this week knowing that I was going to be out of town for four days, and I didn't want to, like, either be forced to play on the road or start it on Tuesday and then not play it for a week. Cause then I'd forget what's going on. So I'm going to start it next week, but instead I've played some more, um, Pokemon heart gold. And I think what I'm going to do with that is once I get the eighth badge and beat the elite four, I'm going to take a break from that game just cause right now, I mean, I'm playing three old games at once that are all huge time sinks, destiny, Fault 4 and Pokemon. Destiny and ain't s- an old game, man. There's new stuff going on. That's fine, but it's not like a brand new... It's not a new release type of game. And all of those, all three of those games require a significant chunk of time to play them. Yes. And it's stopping me from starting games like Octopath Traveler or The Banner Saga 3 just came out, which I need to play. And there are a bunch of still backlist games for 2018 I need to play. So I, I'm going to put Pokemon aside for a, for a bit, I think. Um, but no one I also puts Pokemon on a shelf. <laughs> but I did play some solo Destiny 2 last night because you, in the one kind moment during that text back and forth, reminded me that, hey, 
if I'm not going to be able to play before the weekly reset on Tuesday, I need to go in and collect all I need because we won the faction rally. So I got a free rocket launcher. I wanted to go in and do some of that stuff. So I did go in and play for about an hour and a half last night. I finished a bunch of the tedious kind of side quests, or at least the steps that I was on. So I finished all the new monarchy shit, all the side quests in order to get the like, uh, what's it called? The ornaments for all of my new monarchy gear. And I'm looking pretty legit right now. I got yeah. a new shader going. You would like it. It's like all red, white, and gray. It looks pretty baller. But um, sweet. Yeah, that's kind of my my personal. I mean, it was just grinding. It was just I, I needed to do like a shit ton of patrols on e- the EDZ. I needed to kill a shit ton of yellow bosses, and there was one other thing. I needed to get a, a bunch of um, headshots with a pistol. That's really all I did. And then once I got the pistol headshots, I used the dur- uh, Drang and Sturm pistols and hand cannon where you need to, like, switch back and forth and get kills with those. So I'm grinding that. I mean, Destiny is just grinding right now. Really, the only big thing I actually want to do in the game is the raid layers as far as, like, new content. Right. Everything I else is just fucking grinding bullshit until Forsaken releases. I'm kind of at a point where, like, there's no real point in me even doing this. Because Forsaken's going to wipe so much of the shit off the map anyway. And you're going to get so much new gear, so many new missions that you're not going to want to do these old things. So it feels pointless. It feels even more pointless than Destiny 2 playing normally feels. <laughs> so, yeah. What light level did you hit? Um, I'm not sure. I think, like, I can max out at, like, 364, maybe 365. Okay, that's but where I'm at. My my class right now, I think I'm at, like, 361. Okay. Just because the um, new Monarchy class, that gear isn't as leveled up as some of my other stuff. I, I would be much higher, but I keep so much stuff still. Like, I have, like, 20 primary guns that I like to rotate through. So I'm the, my powerful gear, rather than, like, only having three guns, so every time I get powerful gear, those go higher and higher and higher, I'm spreading those level-ups across so many more things that the progression is slower. But I'm okay with that just because it keeps things fresh. I, like, every every time I play Destiny, I swap out for a new set of guns that I'm going to use that time around. Huh. It just makes it more fun that way. I um I realized that my auto-rifle, because I, I masterworked it, yeah. um. And the masterwork, I didn't really think about it at the time, but we started playing those escalation protocols. Yes. And Cody was like, dude, there's like, there's motes of light everywhere. And right. my masterwork for my auto rifle was if I kill an enemy with a precision uh, kill, like a headshot, it drops a mote of light. Yeah. And so, like, that was really helping out, like, the team because it was essentially. Like, I was just getting a bunch of, like, headshot kills, and then that was charging up their supers, and they were able to launch their supers more often. So that thing is mm-hmm. that thing's pretty good. Yeah, I have a couple of those as well, where I had the same reaction, where I was like, why are all these modes of light dropping? And it was because it was a masterwork weapon. Yeah, super so, cool. Yep. it is. It, there's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And um, I had been following, because Game Informer this month, I think we've talked about this in a previous, the, the last podcast, Game Informer this month is doing their kind of cover story stuff on Destiny 2 Forsaken. And so if you want to go to GameInformer.com, they have like a whole page dedicated to Forsaken where they have a bunch of videos and that kind of content. But um, I've been reading a lot of that stuff as they post it. And there are so many little updates and things that are like the Masterworks that seem like cool additions for the hardcore Destiny people. And that, that kind of stuff I really like. That's what they did a good job with the Taken King. Where that 
not only did they revamp significant chunks of the Destiny 2 or the Destiny 1 structure, but they added a bunch of extra goodies for the hardcore players that made it feel a lot more uh, fresh. So I'm excited to, to dig into a lot of that kind of thing. Yeah, that's good. That's what it needs. So um, tell me, because you, while you were here, you also played a good chunk of Octopath. So update me where you are in that game and how you're feeling. Yeah, so uh, I think last episode I just played kind of the opening hours. I maybe had two characters. Now I just picked up my sixth. Um, mm-hmm. And I need, to, I need to finish his little intro. Uh, it's the, uh, the apothecary, or the, the dude who makes potions and stuff. So I have, I started with the merchant, and then I got... Tressa, and then I got Cyrus, the scribe or whatever he is, the dude who does magic, and then I got Ophelia, the healer, um, also does holy magic, and can um, summon people, like NPCs you meet in the world, she can summon those to battle, and then I got Hanit, who's the hunter, and I actually switched her out with Therion, the thief, when Mm -hmm. I got him, and I think that's going to be my main four. Um, mm-hmm. But after Therion, I then got um, the Apothecary, dude. I went there, and so now I've had to add him to my party so I can finish the first leg of his quest. Um, okay. But then right, right. once I'm done with that, I'm going to swap him back out. And the game is interesting because it's structured. It's like I could at this point go on and do, like, Chapter 2 of someone's story, but it's, like, recommended level 22, and I'm, like, my highest guy's level 20, So I'm, like, not quite there. So I think I'm going to go ahead and get all eight people because by then I'll have leveled people up enough to really handle the chapter two. And so it seems like that's kind of the way the game wants you to play it is you get all all, everybody's Mm. chapter ones, then you get everybody's chapter twos, and then so on and so forth. It seems like that's what it's going to be like. And is that that working for you from a story perspective to kind of get chunk by chunk for different characters? I wish it wasn't. And right. maybe maybe it will be less harsh for like the chapter three and sub- the subsequent chapters. Like there won't be as big of a level gap. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm hoping because I kind of wanted to focus on some characters and then cycle yeah. them out. Yeah, you know, like finish their story, be done with them, cycle them out. Um, because like when someone's not in your party, they're not gaining levels. So I feel like like once I. I, I guess the way it's structured, it would encourage you to have everyone at a similar level at sure. a certain point. Um, but I believe the person you start with, because when I go to change characters, the merchant, Tressa, has a lock on her character. I don't think I can switch her out because I started with her. So I think the huh. character you start with, you have to keep in your party. Hmm. Um, Even after you finish their quest? That I don't know. Or their story, rather? That yeah. seems... That I don't know. That seems kind of frustrating. Because then you like have to use two characters, so you really only can swap in two of them. Well, no, you have, you're, a par- you're, par- you have a party four. Right, so you but can swap three people. Your first mate, like your initial character, you can swap them out? No. That's the one right. you can't. Oh, I thought you were saying the first character you picked up, like as no. in your second character. No, the character. person I started with. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. why you would have to keep them. But then right. I guess the logic is, I hope you like that character. Yeah, and like that's the thing. I don't think any of the characters are bad. I think they yeah. all have their uses in combat, and you can play to their strengths pretty well. And I think they did a good job of balancing that. So um, did you not like the hunter? Because that's kind of who I was leaning toward starting with. She was cool. Like I like her character, but in terms of the current makeup of my team, she's not really relevant. 
because like she can summon beasts. She's like the basically the Pokemon trainer who, yeah. if you stun an enemy in the wild, then you can choose to capture it, and you have a certain percentage chance of capturing it. And if you cash in your pips or whatever from your previous actions, that increases the percentage chance of you capturing like a harder enemy. Right. Um, just like how it would increase the potency of a magic you cast. Um, uh, so, like, that's cool. But since Ophelia can already have, like, someone come in and fight for a few turns, like, I already mm-hmm. have that. And the only thing that's different that she brings to the table that I don't already have covered is the axe damage, physical damage. But when an enemy is weak to one type of physical damage, there's usually another type and or several elemental types that I have covered. Okay. Um, because, like, Cyrus the Magician can do fire, ice, and lightning. Ophelia can do holy. And Tressa the Merchant can do wind. Hmm. And so I think Honey the Hunter could do fire. So mm-hmm. she had fire, bow, and axe. And I, so I already have fire covered with Cyrus. And then bow I have covered with Tressa the Merchant. Um, so really the only thing she was really bringing to the table was the axe. And that just wasn't enough. So, whereas, like, the thief, um, I forget what element he can use, if he can even use an element. He does, like, a lot of buff and debuff status effects, though, which is really helpful in, like, Mm -hmm. the boss battles and stuff. Um, And also, I like keeping him in my party because while Tressa, the merchant, can purchase things from people, the thief can just steal that stuff. He has a percentage chance to succeed. If you fail, it hurts your standing in the town, and you have to go to the tavern and pay to restore it. But I just save scum. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, if you can save scum, that yeah, makes it. I just save scum my way through all of it. Um, so, yeah. I think I, I like that team makeup. I'll see how I feel about the dancer and the warrior guy, the knight. Right. Because um, they're the two that I have left that I haven't met yet. I've heard the dancer's story is kind of dark because she's essentially a stripper. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested to explore more of that and kind of see how they write that in an otherwise. I, I guess the game is kind of like it's whimsical, but it. Mm, it's I, I, it's whimsically dark, I think. OK. In tone, uh, because it doesn't shy away from more serious topics or mm-hmm. a more serious tone. But the whole art style, the music and everything is very sure. light. Um. Yeah, it's an interesting mix. It's working. It's working for me. Every time I hear somebody talk about it, it just makes me want to go play it. And yet here I fucking am, having not started it, and I've had it for a week. Yeah, I, I might go ahead and bring my Switch with me to Chicago. I almost don't want to, just because even if I had the chance to start the game... I don't know that I would want to because we're going to Chicago. I would rather force myself or force Kelly and I to like go out and do something. Sure. We're staying there for an extra day specifically to use this partially as a vacation for us since we're already going to be there. We're already spending all this money. Right. So I feel like if I bring Octopath, my temptation to just sit in a hotel room will be be even higher. But I am going to another marketing conference in two weeks. It's just for like a day and a half. But it is in Boston, and I'm going to be by myself. So you know I'm not going to go do shit. Right. So there's a perfect opportunity to bring Octopath with me. <laughs> yes. Cool. We play have started uh, it before playing, then. Playing anything else? Well, yeah. Hopefully, I've started it before the, before two <laughs> weeks from now. Um, I just, before I went on the trip, I played a little bit of Bullet Storm. Um, okay. I'm almost done with it. I'm very close. 
but uh, still not quite finished with that yet. But that's it. Cool. Well, also while you were here... Okay, so I should set the stage. So last time you and mom came... Well, it wasn't last time, but it, it was, was two like two, time, years, two ago, years ago. When you and mom came into town, because you guys come like every summer for a couple days. We marathoned through Marcella, which is a Netflix original show. And we loved it. Yeah. Kelly did not watch it with us because she was asleep or something. And then I don't, mom also didn't finish it because she passed out and you and I stayed up till like 3 a.m. to finish the season. So mom had finished it when she went back home. Uh, and I wanted, because they just kind of stealth launched season two of Marcella. And I was like, hey, this would be really fun if we started it here while you guys were in town since we watched it last time. I wasn't like saying, hey, let's watch the whole season, but let's at least start it. It'll be a fun thing. I knew that's since, what was going to happen. <laughs> since Kelly hadn't seen it, her and I kind of wanted to rewatch it anyway. Her and I rewatched season one before you guys came, and I think there was like a, an episode or two we still needed to watch, so you guys watched it with us when, when you were here. But we, uh, we went ahead and watched the entirety of season two of Marcella. Over, it was just like two nights. We watched yeah. like six episodes one night, and then the or no, maybe it was like five and three or something like that. Um, you missed like I think an episode and a half right towards the end, but you came in right near the end of it, yeah. so you were able to catch the actual re- uh, reveal ending of it. Um, without going into spoilers about what happens, I'll say this much: the first season was absolutely phenomenal from start to finish. One thing that I enjoyed about it that teetered on being a negative was they just throw so many characters at you without any context for how it ties in yeah and you have no idea whether or not those characters are going to be important in any way and as it turns out there are plenty of characters that it's just a red herring because kind of everybody's a fucking creepo you're trying to figure out who the murderer guy is and they introduce like six different dudes and they're all fucking creepers and it could be any one of them and then the reveal happens, and through the course of kind of the last two episodes, a couple of the guys do tie into the events, but a couple of them are also just totally red herrings where they never really tie into the story. I found that to be cool in the first season because it was well done. The The tricks and the the writing was well done. In season two, it's very similar where they're throwing a bunch of new characters at you and you're trying to figure out who this murderer is. I think it is initially less successful at making those characters interesting. Knowing that some of them probably won't tie in is maybe the problem where I was like less invested in what was going on where I was like, I don't see how this person is going to tie in, but yeah. I assume they will. I think that's the biggest problem is that you assume they're going to tie in somehow and they kind of don't ever really. And it's, it's, it's not even that some of them don't tie in at all. It's that, frankly, most of them don't tie in at all. Right. There are so many characters, and there's a big twist that happens, which we all kind of saw coming as we because we would talk about the episodes and, and kind of uh, collaborate trying to figure out what was going on. And we kind of came to this conclusion early. But the big twist happens where you find out something about the murderer. And so that, like, cancels out some of the suspects because it couldn't be them but also opens up the door for some additional suspects that you weren't initially considering, which is a cool thing. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, it could be any one of these people and any one of those options. We can come up with the justification for why it was them. And it's a cool justification. And then the reveal happens. And it's like the only character on the whole show where it made no sense why this person was the murderer. Because when you find out that person is the murderer, at the same time, you also find out how they tie into everything. So there was absolutely zero chance 
that you could figure this out ahead of time. Right. Because there's a crucial piece crucial piece of context that as a viewer you are not given until right at the last second. And that I think is very frustrating in a murder mystery show where the whole fun is going along the ride trying to figure it out before the main character does to be put in a position where it is literally impossible to figure that out unless you just randomly pick a person, but then you aren't even figuring it out, you're just picking a person. Right. That that was very frustrating. And that would be bad enough. But then the actual ending happens. And there's a little stinger that ties into a potential season three. And there's a whole big thing that happens with Marcella's character, which I won't go into. I mean, people that saw season one, you know that she's dealing with this kind of disassociative amnesia. And all this, she's trying to put those pieces back together. And that's kind of a critical tenet to the second season is her trying to finally face whatever it is that was making her have this disassociative disorder. The reasoning behind it makes sense. I can get behind why she's having all these issues. And that reveal of what happened was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Why she was dealing with what she was dealing with. But then just like it fucking goes, it goes places. And those yeah. places are That's dumb where as you hell. should stop watching. Yeah. So we, we said, um, basically, if you're going to watch season two of Marcella, here's what you should do. There are eight episodes. So watch... Up until, like, 20 minutes before the end of episode 7. Stop. Because this is before the reveal of who the murderer is has happened. But by that point, you will have your prediction of who you think the murderer is. And a justification for why you think that person is the murderer. So 20 minutes before the end of episode 7, stop watching the show. Whoever you think was the murderer, why ever you think they were the murderer, that's the answer. You're, you're right. It's that person. Your justifications make sense and be done with the show. Because by watching those last 20 minutes of episode 7, by watching the finale, it's only going to make you hate the show. Because <laughs> it's so, so terrible. I can't even tell you how terrible it is. I would almost recommend watching the whole thing just to see how terrible it is. But don't, because it will ruin the whole... Because up until that point, the story in, in season two is great. I was really yeah. invested. We loved talking about it and trying to figure it out. It's just the reveal so undermines every single thing that has happened before it that it's awful. Very disappointed for how much I loved the first season. And who knows? We'll see if they make a season three. I don't know. <sighs> Yeah. I, if they make a season three, I'm morbidly curious to see what kind of show it is. Because I'll say that much. It, it, if they make a season three, it's going to be a very different show. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. watch If you haven't seen it, watch season one. You'll love it. And then, based on what we have just said, decide whether or not it's worth watching season two. It probably isn't. Just watch season one and be done with it. Just take one dip and end it. It's like the it's double dip from Seinfeld. It's like putting so, your yes. whole mouth in the dip. <laughs> You're putting all your ideas in the show of Marcella. <laughs> Just use one idea and end it. <laughs> okay. So also, while you guys were here, this is something Kelly and I have been watching since it released. But we watched an episode or two episodes of Queer Eye. Yeah. The, the new so, one. Yeah, so they uh, they put out a season two not too long ago. Kelly and I have watched a little bit of it, but uh, when you and Mom are in town, we watched it as well. So I'm just curious to hear kind of what your thoughts are on the show because I've kind of already shared mine. Yeah, because like as a family, we like you, Mom, and I really loved the first Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Yes. Um, 
it was just like a really really fun show and like the, they had like great personalities and there was always like a good success story um, right. coming out of it and it always felt like everyone had really great positive experiences and it was just a good feel good show feel good absolutely um, this one, I would say, is definitely also a feel-good show from the two episodes that I watched. But it definitely seems like, and I, because I, this is what you've said before, um, I, I definitely think it is very topical to mm-hmm. how, to, to the, the point of progress of acceptance and stuff that we are at socially with uh people of of different identities um this is very emblematic and evocative of where we are right now and like it feels like a show that's really good for where we are to help us move on to the next step in that process um so i really enjoyed that i think i i i wasn't sure if i would like the new person, I don't. I don't like the new personalities as much as the old ones because the old personalities, I liked every single one of them. Okay. Um, I would say this one, there are a couple that just strike me as kind of non personalities, and then mm-hmm. one of them that grates on me kind of the wrong way, but another Ooh. one that I find hilarious. I'm, the guy I'm who interested. does the clothes, I just right. something about him is so fake. Huh. Interesting. Tan is his yeah. name. Some something about him just rubs me the wrong way. Hmm. Um, I like, but him, I, but I like I all the rest that. of the guys. And it's not like I don't like the guy, but just something about him keeps me from being like, woo, yeah, you go. Um, right. Also, I don't know that when <laughs> – so I'm not a fashionista. But when it comes to fashion, I think being comfortable is important. And I, the second episode we watched, I felt like he did a better job of um, thinking about – the comfort of the person involved. I don't know that he necessarily did that a whole lot with the first one because he, he didn't remember who, who the first one was the, the the guy with the glasses. Um, he and his wife, uh, he was living. Oh, right, 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 right. They were sleeping in her old boyfriend's bed. Right. Gross stuff. Um, and then the second one we watched was the, um, the Hispanic guy with his kids. He's an immigrant. Yeah. Yes. He was an immigrant dad. Yeah. With the, with the pasta. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I I thought he did a better job with the wardrobe in the second in that with the Hispanic guy than with the other guy. I felt mm-hmm. maybe it was just that the other guy was always awkward and looked uncomfortable, but he looked very uncomfortable in the new clothes. Interesting. Um, in a way that the Hispanic dad did not. He looked like he felt like it was more properly reflecting the way he wanted to feel about himself. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that that's a small nitpick kind of thing and i've only seen two episodes so yeah because because one of the interesting things i mean they're both good episodes i have yet to see a bad episode of this new show but one of the things that i have always found so fascinating with it is that it's much broader than the original show yes like the original queer eye it was almost exclusively overweight semi-close-minded husbands white guys like that was ninety nine percent of the show. Yeah, and, and this there it, it was them being uncomfortable with yes. the gay guys, and that yes. was what made it funny. And and like they they would get open to the change by the end. That was yes. kind of the progression of it. But they would start from a place of like, I don't know that I want to go along with this. Right. This show I feel like is very different because I have yet to see anyone that is resistant to this change. 
they're all very open to what these the Fab Five have to say and the kinds of change they want to make. I also think it is interesting and a great change that it isn't just semi-closed-minded white husbands. Like, they make over an old black woman in an episode. They make over a Christian dad who, like, they get really heavy into the religious side because it's, you know, five gay guys. And one of the the guy who does the interior renovation stuff, he grew up, uh, or not Catholic, but he grew up Christian. And then when he came out, the church completely turned his... it's back on him to the point where he won't even enter a church anymore. Like he actively hates the Christian religion. So they have really good conversations about that. They made over uh, uh, a black gay guy who was like in his 20s. They made over. So like – and they kind of talk about – because one of the dudes who does the culture stuff, Karamo I think is his name. He is – he's black and gay obviously. And so he kind of spoke from his perspective of being gay and black – in his family, they were very accepting of him. But with this guy, they weren't as accepting because his mom's Christian and they were a little more close-minded. Like, so it's it's just – it's very broad in terms of the people they're making over, which I think makes the show a lot more topical like you said. Because yeah. it, isn't, it isn't just about make white men accepting of gay dudes. It's everybody. Let's help everybody, which I, I think is, is a really uh, – a really cool perspective. Yeah, it's um, a it's a it's a better message. Yes, right. So, I I cannot recommend that show enough. It's it's so fantastic. Kelly and I regularly tear up during while we're watching it, and it's just a good time as well. Despite all of the kind of like real conversations that happen, which are also fantastic, just it's just fun. Like a lot of the personalities are fun, and just seeing the transformation is is. It's like you said, it's a feel good kind of show. Yeah. So, um, Queer Eyes, amazing. I, without hyperbole, can say I think it's one of the most important shows that's on TV right now for, for where we are as a country and, frankly, as a human species. I think it's one of the most important shows that's out there right now. So, go watch it. Um, other than that, I've just been watching some more Seinfeld. Uh, we finished our season of Top Chef, so next we're moving on to Project Runway. We've been watching some So You Think You Can Dance, etc. A lot of that same stuff. Uh, but I also watched A Quiet Place. Oh, right. Which you and I texted about, because you were not a big fan of A Quiet Place. No. And I really liked it. I need to write my review because I want to, like really formulate my feelings on it because i'm kind of surprised by my feelings on it frankly me too. when i look at it it's it's there are tons of plot holes there are tons of ways where you can look at it and say like this concept wasn't fully realized they didn't think this part of it through this reveal seems obvious after the fact that kind of stuff which would typically be a big thing for me like, that would not necessarily ruin a movie, but that would be a big criticism from me. And it has been in the past. But something about this movie, I think it's just like all the other aspects from the writing and directing and editing, the way they use the music, the overall story and the actual events of what happened, the, the tension of everything is so fantastic that I am able to more easily look past the nitpicky Kind of like, oh, well, this this wouldn't make sense because of this. Or, oh, this should have been obvious to them because of this reason. That kind of stuff. Because, I, I mean, feel free to disagree with me, but I don't feel like there's anything 
in there that was so egregious that it completely makes any of this unbelievable. I mean, given this is an end-of-the-world scenario where there are monsters that hunt by sound, take that suspension of disbelief. But if you accept that this is the world that exists, I don't think any of those nitpicks are so large that it makes that world not make sense. Um, slight or no, major spoiler for A Quiet Place. Yes. So ignore the next 30 seconds if you haven't seen it and want to see it. Um, the fact that nobody in the entire world thought, hey, the thing that hunts us by hearing really well, we should just use a lot of sound to fight them. So nobody said that or did that. I agree in theory because that, yes, logically that would probably be the first reaction from a like uh, government military perspective of they hunt by sound. That should also be a way to fight them. That yes. makes sense. But we don't know that no one thought of that. We just know that they didn't win it's totally possible that they were trying to figure that out and were wiped out by something. We that's what I'm saying by in the if you just accept the world as it is. We don't know how many of those these creatures there are. We don't know exactly how long it has been going on. We don't know if there were additional events that happened that wiped out part of the population. All we know is this story we are given of this family living in this world with these monsters that hunt them via sound. That's all we know for sure. And so anything else is making an assumption about the situation. I think those are fair assumptions to make, but you're still assuming something that the movie isn't giving you. Does that make sense? Yeah, but in order for me to suspend my disbelief, I need that information. So the fact that the movie doesn't give it to me is, I think, part of a problem. But why do you need that information? Because otherwise I don't buy the world. Because I have a fundamental issue with how things got to that point. Like, hmm. your average police station in a podunk town, they have, like, riot sound guns. Yeah, They have but sonic I, guns. But I think that's kind of a leap too far, because even the family discovered that weakness on accident. Like, the, the general theory... Oh, that's on, my hold whole on, problem. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But e the general theory of maybe we can fight them with sound... That seems obvious. I totally agree with you on that. But the specificity of what kind of sound, what frequency of sound they need to use, that isn't an easy assumption to make. Because part of what, part of, because I talked about this with Kelly, because I kind of had an initial reaction like yours, and Kelly brought up something that I thought was very interesting, because her mom uses hearing aids. And so she gets random feedback in those hearing aids. And that's what causes this. It isn't just that whenever the the monsters are around it triggers the sound it's whenever the monsters open up and they use that particular frequency those frequencies rub up against one another and that's what creates the feedback like hearing aids aren't it's not a static 
I, I'm making up terms here because I don't know the details of it, but hearing aids don't use like a static frequency of sound. It vibrates back and forth to find the sounds that it needs to, 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 to find. And so it's one vibrating. I'm using my arms to elucidate all of this, which you or listeners cannot see. But like if you, if you think about like a graph, right, like a math graph where it's ups and downs and ups and downs, that's what the monsters are using. And so it's constantly moving up, down, right, left, forward, back. The hearing aids or this kind of frequency of sound that she is using is doing the same thing. And so it needs to line up perfectly in order for it to work. That is what makes this make sense to me because it isn't just like you hit, you flip a switch, you hit them with something really loud and it kills them. It's a specific frequency at a specific time while they're also using that same specific frequency at that same specific time. There's a lot of luck involved in figuring that out. All right, I still don't buy it, but second problem. <laughs> right. Here's a waterfall. They yes. don't come here because there's too much background sound. Yes. Move to the fucking waterfall! Yes. Move there, you yes. idiot! Yes. I'm with you. They don't They don't come here because they can't distinguish sounds. Oh, the world, the, let's just, let's have a hike here every week. Fucking move there! I know you need food, but you yes. can figure it out, you stupid idiot. But also keep in mind, by the time the final events of the movie are happening, they've be- it's been, like a li- I think it was a little over a year, maybe a year and a half. And also keep in mind that these are things that they cannot be killed via traditional means, guns or swords or whatever. They're so much fucking faster than you. They can hunt you by a snap of your fingers. Imagine how hard it would be to move your entire family to a waterfall and build, uh, uh, like, a home and plants and all that shit. I'm not saying that they couldn't have tried. I'm just saying that look at where they are living on that farm. And it's so much easier to find ways of being quiet where you are than trying to move all your shit with little kids, mind you, to a place where it's easier to make sound. Not, but it's not that it's easier to make sound. It's that they just don't come there. So if you have an accident and generate some noise, it's not they're still not going to be around the area to hear it, even if they could distinguish the sound. Yeah. That, that, that's like saying in a zombie apocalypse, there is a place where the zombies just will not go. There's something about that place that just will not go. And you're saying it's easier just to stay where you are, where zombies could still come and get you. You just build up fortifications. But that's not quite the same because the method, like in a zombie apocalypse, they're they're not, they don't have any extra sensory beyond human abilities like these creatures do. Well, then let's just strip it down to the bare essentials. There is a zone where there is not danger. Instead of doing a slightly harder thing and moving to that zone of no danger, you choose to live in a zone of somewhat danger with a potential for a lot of danger. One, it's not no danger. There's no, like, they can't guarantee that one's not going to come by that area. It makes them harder to hunt, which is why they don't go there, but there's no guarantee that one will never cross that area. Two, 
it's not just, do you want to go to the place with no danger? Do you want to stay at the place with danger? The act of moving to the place with no danger is far more dangerous than staying where there is danger. But That's they my go point. on little treks on their stupid sand pads all the time. Just you bring it, you make a sand path to the waterfall and you carry stuff in your backpacks. And that that would have been possible to do. But the argument that that is the only best solution, I don't think is a fair one to make because there are a lot of other considerations that go along with that. They but already the, had food and shelter where they were. But again, it's never discussed. It's never like they, they don't at one at any point go, it would just be too hard to move our stuff out here. So we can't. Well, that's because there are like three lines in the whole movie. They could write it on a piece of paper. I don't care, man. They don't it, give they they don't give me enough to suspend my disbelief and plug the holes yeah, but in what is a rapidly sinking ship with that. of cinematography. No, cuz cuz that's not suspension of disbelief. You you think that the characters made a bad decision. That's your problem. You don't you think it would have been smarter for them to have moved. The, suspen- so the, fuck the suspension of disbelief is my issues with the world. But you, and then you don't know also that they did discuss issue with that. their decision. You don't know that they didn't discuss that. Maybe they did, and they decided to stay where they were for the reasons that I outlined. Just because the movie doesn't show you something that hap- something happened doesn't mean it didn't happen. Th- this comes back to my core point. Like, this is the world of the, sh- of the movie. They live there. Regardless of whether or not it's dumb for them to live, live there, it's kind of irrelevant. They do. Like, you can't... It's not irrelevant. Yeah, but you can't look at... Because then it you're going to It makes it a ha- stupid movie. No, dude, because then you're going to hate every movie. If, you, if your logic is, this character made a stupid decision, therefore I don't like the movie, then you should hate every movie. It's that's a combination, why, Shay. That's why it's dramatic, is because they don't always make the right call. If I can't buy into the world, like you're not giving me enough reasons to buy into the world and justify your decision for setting it here and having things be the way they are. If you can't justify that to me then what are the stakes? There are no stakes. I don't give a shit about it. Why am I watching the movie? No, that has nothing to do with stakes. But your your problem isn't... Like, that isn't buying into the world of it. It's the characters just live there. Like, I mean, to use the zombie argument, like, okay, I live in a city. It would be way easier for me to move out into the country miles and miles and miles away, but there's so much more for me here in the city to live. So I can either make the decision to stay or make the decision to move. You might think it's smarter for me to move, but I don't. And I'm the character. So I am going to stay. You can think that I made a stupid move. That's totally fine. But that doesn't have anything to do with the movie or the world. Or your, or your ability to imagine the circumstances. But then if I fundamentally disagree with what you're doing and what you believe as a character in a movie... I'm not invested in you as a character, and therefore there are no stakes. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what you're doing. So because, because they, I don't empathize with you. Because they did a stupid thing, you think they deserved to die. In a movie, yes. Well, that's fundamentally a flaw in how you choose to watch movies, my friend. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like if you're if you're just gonna say I don't agree with that person, therefore no, I don't care what happens plenty, to them. Plenty of plenty of fiction. You know, in a multitude of genres, just fiction in general, plenty of fiction gives you enough. Um, they, they give you enough to justify themselves, their okay. decisions and their setting. This one did not, and that's what okay. I, I I have said that multiple times now. 
Well, yeah, but you weren't, you were okay. You weren't saying it. You were saying it in an overly negative way, which was making me not see the real point. So without what putting is words the name in your of mouth, this podcast? let me think what, okay, let me try to say what I think you are trying to say. Okay. So had in the scene where they go to the waterfall, had the son said, dad, why don't we just move here? And the dad's like, it would take too long. It's too dangerous. Then you wouldn't have cared. Correct. I would okay. have been like, hey, you gave me a reason. Okay. You showed me that you at least thought, thought about, about it. it. Okay. I can see that argument. If you don't I, show me that you at least thought about it, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> okay. That's maybe overly harsh, but okay. I see I see your point. I see why that would be annoying. I still – and it's, it's your prerogative. You can feel whatever you feel. But I still feel like it's not – it's unfair to just write off a movie because of a couple things like that. But again, it wasn't just a couple things like that. It was that, which shows me that, like, this guy clearly is not fit to survive in this world if this is how he chooses to protect his family. And B, I don't believe in the world. I don't believe in the st- – like, I don't, I don't believe that the world would have gotten to this point. See, and that's where I have a problem with what you're saying because what, what does that have to do with believing the world could exist? That they wouldn't think to move to the waterfall? Because then I'm not open and receptive. Well, no, like, them not fighting the monsters with sound. So the issue with the waterfall thing means I don't I don't think that they have a right to an easy life. Maybe maybe saying they, they should die is too harsh, but, they like, they kind of deserve what's coming to them because they're doing a thing that is obviously stupid. So, no, because yeah, because it's not one. It's not obviously stupid. It's just you can disagree with it, but no, but but it's not black and white like that. You think they made the wrong choice, but that doesn't make it a an objectively terrible choice. It's not the only solution that will work versus the only solution that won't work. There's me, gray area in there. To me, that it is worked, objectively the wrong move to stay. It worked in that for them field. for a year and a half, and then it didn't. Right, but if they were but, at the waterfall, they probably get out a lot longer than a year and a half. Probably, probably, there is no guarantee that the similar thing wouldn't happen to them. It's luck of the draw when it comes to that. Don't get frustrated. I, I, I get everything you're saying. I understand all. I of don't the complaints. think you do. No, but I do. Yeah, I do. If I don't, then you're doing a bad job of describing them. But no, but you said it had they been at the waterfall and the son said, Dad, can we move here? And the dad says, no, you would have been okay with that. That would have fixed that part of it. Had there been a poster on the newspaper clipping in his in his in his noise room that said, like, military experimenting with frequency bullets. You would have been fine with that. You just wanted more explanation. Yeah. I just I I, I, I want to know I, I want to know how stupid the writer thinks people are, because if they assume people are completely incompetent, and that's the only way that they can arrive at this particular setting they need to craft the story, I think it's a bad setting for a story. I can't I can't say that you're wrong because it's completely subjective the way you look at it. That stuff, like I said, just wasn't as big a deal to me. And despite 
agreeing with those holes and definitely seeing your point of view not only were they not as not only were they not game breaking to me and felt appropriate for what happened in the movie but i just loved so many other things about the movie particularly fucking emily blunt crushed this role the whole sequence with the the birth and the hunting thing i mean my god was amazing and I get for you, if by that point you were already out of it because of the other reasons, Correct. I get why you wouldn't care. I don't know. I just feel like maybe that is a negative way of looking at it. Because instead of saying, instead of finding those holes and saying, and, and assuming the positive, assuming that all those things were discussed and happened, you're assuming the negative and saying, the writer of this clearly didn't think it through. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, I will also... I'll add to the the context of the conversation and say that I didn't give a shit about this movie going into it. Why? Um, Just because I don't care about John Krasinski. I don't even... I don't care about Emily Blunt. And, like, the only thing I was interested in was the setup for the movie and the world. And then they failed that super hard. The only reason I went to go see it is because Kara wanted to see it because she likes John Krasinski. So when you say you don't care about John Krasinski or Emily Blunt, like, do you not like them? I don't understand. I don't not like them. I just couldn't care less about what they have to do or say. So you don't like them. You have a negative opinion about them. Uh, not, you're not, I, you're I, have not. An, I have an indifferent opinion about them. I wouldn't say negative. I have an indifferent. I'm sure they're good at what they do, but... In terms of what they do, I just don't care about it. That doesn't make sense to me. I think other people do the same thing better. Okay, so you have a negative opinion about them. I wouldn't say that's negative. Again, I I would say indifferent. Because I have an indifferent attitude towards the vast majority of actors, writers, and directors. Right. But if I go see a movie directed, written, or acted by those people, I'm not going in not care actively not caring about it which it sounds like you were yeah right so i feel like that's you you went in with a negative outlook on it right but then they didn't do anything to really bring me in okay but that's a totally different thing you weren't going in from a neutral perspective of maybe this will be good maybe it won't you went in kind of leaning towards it not being good and hoping the movie would convince you that it was good no that's what you just said i went in no, that, that's not what I said. What I said is I went in indifferent. Let's. I'm, I'm at zero on the scale. I'm not negative one. I'm not negative two. I'm at zero on the scale. The movie did nothing to swing me from zero into the positive. All it did was leave in what I think are important world building and justification uh, bits of information that... I vehemently, apparently, disagreed with uh, the exclusion of, and it just, I I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's a bad movie. Let let me say one more thing, and then we can move on, because we talked about this for a while. My, you texted me that the first huge thing that happens in the movie that kind of sets the tone Less than 10 minutes in. Oh, I laughed out loud in the theater. You said you laughed out loud at it. 
That's yes. before, but that's before they've established any of the world or the characters or done anything like you said to make you swing towards the negative, and yet you still had a making fun of this movie reaction to that. I would posit, I'm not in your brain, but I would posit that is due because you went into it assuming bad things about it. No. I did not go into it with an opinion. But I don't see how, given what happened up until that point, you could not... Not that you had to think that moment was amazing or super crazy, but that why it would be funny to you. Well, because Because, I knew it it was going to happen, and then it was like the complete and utter incompetency of the parent of the parents and the siblings that led to that moment. And it was just another example of a little kid being a stupid idiot. So I found it funny. Like the whole, the whole thing, like everything there he's doing in that first like 10 minutes. I'm like this, (laughs) they're going to fucking get it. And then, yeah. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I would challenge you to think about your mindset. Because everything you're saying to me feels like you went into this movie not wanting to like it. If you say you didn't, you say you didn't. But given what you have said about it and how you felt about the actors and whatever else, it feels to me like you went into it not wanting to like it. And so I would say, obviously, you're going to be more passionate about the nitpicky stuff. But that's that's fine. That's fine. I don't know. You, I, I, I felt like I was very neutral when okay. I went in. And it did nothing to dissuade me from my neutrality. So Okay. Well, I liked it. Sounds like uh, people should see it and make up their own minds. Now that we have, like, spoiled the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. When I said 30 seconds earlier, I meant 30 minutes. <laughs> I meant 30 minutes. <laughs> Good conversation, though. Good conversation. It's... It, Regardless of whether you come on the positive or the negative side, a movie like this that can elicit strong feelings one way or another, I find to have more value than just a generic vanilla, yeah, like, eh, it was fine. You know, like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I think about that movie where, like, I couldn't work up emotions one way or the other about that movie, so who gives a shit? I'd rather be passionate about dislike of a movie and argue with someone that loved it versus just being like, eh, about the whole experience. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say, like, I would not normally argue passionately about this movie. The most input I would give someone would be, yeah, it kind of, it sucked. I had some problems with the world building stuff. I wouldn't bother seeing it. That would normally be my argument. But here we're in a a setting where you you are pushing me to defend that statement. (laughs) So I have to keep saying, like, finding the right way to say it where you won't continue to poke holes in it not because my argument is built on faulty foundations but because i'm not explaining it properly and the frustrating bit that made me argue passionately about it was that i was frustrated that i couldn't get the words out right and express myself properly that's that's why i was being passionate about it not because i have passionate feelings one way or another about the movie you were pretty passionate when i texted you when i texted you that i liked it you i think you literally said that movie is shitty shay or something, like, very aggressive negative about it. Yeah, also, I was very much expecting you to come back and say the exact same thing I did, because <laughs> you're typically the one to say this stuff about movies. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying, Which man. Which you acknowledged. Like, and, and again, I totally get everything that you have said about it, I totally get, and I definitely agree with, generally. 
It's just that those things weren't as big of a deal to me. I get why those things were lacking in it. Had the movie been better if it included that little back and forth with the sun to get rid of that potential plot hole? 100%. Not arguing that. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever made or that it doesn't have flaws. It's just that for me, the positives so outweigh the negatives that I surprised myself at not caring about the negatives so much. And to go back to what you were saying about expressing it, I... My pushing was not trying to invalidate your argument. It was trying to get to the core of why you felt the way you did and get my own understanding of why you felt the way you did, which I feel like we accomplished. And I also wanted to challenge you on your perspective on it, which I still would, but we're not going to keep going. It's almost like you love to do that. Hey, man. I'm just, I've been working all day, man, the past, like, 24 hours, dude. <laughs> That's part of the point of this podcast. It's to fucking get into nitty-gritty shit, especially when we disagree. It's easy to talk about stuff when you disagree, when you agree with someone. Yeah, but it feels good. Yeah. This doesn't feel good. Yeah. But we agree plenty. <laughs> we agree plenty. Yeah. It's, it's good to disagree. It's true. Which we also disagree plenty as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have on opinions from <laughs> moving on from a quiet place, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. Ugh. I have finished Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince, and so I've moved on to Deathly Hallows. I meant to check, but I forgot. I think I'm about a third way through. I okay, so if you want to see my ranking of the Harry Potter books, you can find that on ShayIt'sEverything.com. I, without going into them all here, I will say that I was very disappointed in the Deathly Hallows when I first read it. I found it to be pretty slow for the majority of times. And then the it couple is. bits where the exciting things happened felt too short. It was like, let's extend the boring shit and compress the exciting shit. And that sucked. So I am reading this book and I, I still like the book. It's not like I think it's a terrible book. I like all the books. It's just in comparison to some of the other Harry Potter novels, I found it disappointing. Reading through this one, I am now remembering how slow it is to get going. How much setup there is before you even get to the point of it, which is Harry, Hermione, and Ron hunting down the Horcruxes. That was a lot of alliteration in that <laughs> So, I think it's like 12 chapters before they even run away from the burrow. Like, that is so much up front of just Harry. Like, there's the whole yeah. big opening sequence where they're running from the Death Eaters when Hedvig dies. Hedvig. I was thinking Hedvig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> Hedwig dies and uh, Mad-Eye dies, that whole thing. But, like, then they're just at the burrow talking about what they're going to do and planning for this wedding between Bill and Floor. And I enjoy all of it. It's just so long. And now we're into the sequence where, hey, they're running away from the Death Eaters. They're back at Grimold Place. And then now I know that for the next half of the book, they're going to be arguing in a forest somewhere. And it's just like, I don't get it. I don't get why she structured the book that way. That That's just my largest frustration with Deathly Hallows. Because there's so much awesome shit. The whole Deathly Hallows part, figuring out the Horcruxes, going and getting the Horcruxes. There's so much awesomeness in that book. But those chunks are like eight chapters of a 30-chapter book. Right, right. And that's annoying. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I agree. I've never thought about it that hard before, or like in that way. But I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's 
it's rough. It's rough. It also gets tough because Harry is just such a shitty character in general. He, yeah. Like, I feel like people don't talk about that enough. He sucks. He's an asshole, and he's so stubborn and selfish. He's a piece of shit. I don't like him. He's a bad character. Yeah, well, and, like, when people talk about Harry Potter, it's they never talk about Harry. It's all the other characters that they talk about. Well, yeah. And, I mean, Ron is a doofus, but he's fun. Really, it's Hermione. She's the fucking hero of the story. Yeah. She's the only one that plans ahead and is smart and has solutions to problems. Harry gets by on, like, luck and stubbornness. Sounds like Hermione would choose to live by the waterfall. <laughs> You're not wrong. She definitely would have thought of that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess that's the kind of the, the complete of what I've been up to. And Anything else on your end before we jump into some news? Um, no, I just ordered a bunch of comics uh, recently and put, nice. like, put together. I finally updated my comics list and I put together a list of things that I need and like when they should come out. Um, I found out that I have it's 382 line items in my comics um, ex, uh, Excel spreadsheet, and like 50 some of them are not yet released or I don't have. Um, no, that's not true. It's like 87 of them or something are not released or i don't have yet like i still need to get so i have almost 300 items in my comics list trades slash single issues whatever they may be and that feels pretty good so um (laughs) it's also a lot of money um so i just ordered some more comics so i can push past that 300 mark and i got like the i realized i hadn't picked up any of the star wars dr afra trades okay um because she was a character in the darth vader Yes. Uh, the the one that has concluded. Um, I didn't realize she was getting her own standalone trades, but when I looked up so, like the new Star Wars comic stuff, it popped up. So there are three trades of that. So I ordered those. I got the Adventure Zone comic while I was away on the on the trip, um, and I ordered trade one of Paper Girls, which is seems like it's sort of a Stranger Things ish type thing. Like it's hmm. a group of young girls in like a uh, a suburban setting and like they're going to solve a, a mystery and there's some supernatural elements worked into it. So it seems who, kind of like a strange publishes thing. that uh, paper girls. Um, let me find out real quick. Um, while I, I wonder if it's an talking. image image thing. Yeah. I'd be curious. Who, probably who's the writer as well. Um, yeah. Brian K and Vaughn are working on it. Brian K Vaughn. Sorry, Brian K. Vaughn. All right. Yeah. Um, I think he's it, the kick-ass writer. Oh, he's the best-selling writer of Saga. Right. Okay, so oh, this yeah. is probably really good. Um, I don't see where it says it's published. Um, I would guess it's Image if he's done that other stuff. Right. I think that's a safe assumption. Uh, I'm on his Wikipedia page because I'm really interested in this now. Is this? It is oh, image. Is so DC. Yeah, it's go. it's an image comic. Um, so I ordered right. trade one of that, and I had I had recently ordered trade one of Moonshine. I may or may not have talked about it, but trade two is coming out semi soon. So I pre-ordered that. I pre-ordered a bunch of stuff. I pre-ordered the new Star Wars, the volume eight. Um, what else? I pre-ordered East of West, volume eight. 
Um, I have something else. I guess if I go to open orders, it would tell me. I got all my comics through Amazon. Okay. Um, but you ordered a bunch of stuff, basically. Yeah. Short version. Yeah. I have the new Walking Dead, Saga, the new Descender, and new Moonshine all pre-ordered. Yeah. I need to finally get my comics organized so I can more easily see all the comics that I have bought in the past six months but have not read yet. And that'll help me get better caught up and figure out what I need to go get. Because I think right. I bought the first trade of Dr. Afra as well. Because I really liked her in that Darth Vader series. Um, and I now know I is, have the There is the a new Darth Vader series. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you what it's called if I pull up my comics Excel spreadsheet. Oh, boy. And it loads after like 30 years. Because um, it is very long. But speaking of spreadsheets, while you pull that up, I did a similar thing with my video games because I'm looking to trade in a bunch of my games. And so I did like comparison shops of what I could get at GameStop versus Best Buy. It's so much more worthwhile to trade them in at Best Buy. Every single game that I was thinking about trading in, I got better value at Best Buy. And obviously, like that is you, it, you get Best Buy credit, but it's no different than getting GameStop credit for the same thing. So, right. I need to go ahead and do that. And then, I mean, I normally buy my games through Amazon because I can get them the day of shipped to me and I can get, you know, 20 bucks off through Amazon Prime by pre ordering. But I can, I'll, I'll be able to get like $100, $110 from the trade ins I want to make. So, yeah, I'll buy two games from, from Best Buy. Why not? Yeah. So it was Darth Vader. Star Wars Darth Vader was a recent, a current canon run. It was four trades that mm-hmm. collected it. And now they're running Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And volumes one and two are out in trade, and volume three releases September 11th in trade. Mm-hmm. So, um, Dark Lord of the Sith is the new current Darth Vader run, and it's um, an ongoing. As of right now, yeah. Um, again, it might be just like another four trade arc or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's and then uh, Lando Double or Nothing um, is supposed to come out November 6th. Um, but but up but up but up. Poe Dameron, I have right. I got the one first trade of that, but I haven't yeah. read it yet. Yeah, I have volumes one and two of Poe Dameron, but three and four are now out, and volume five is coming December fourth. Um, but 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 and then so I finally in my in my comics list I had Star Wars as like right. a column A, column B was like the names of all the things, and then I had in parentheses current or legends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finally just went through and created a new column A entry, which was Legends, and I separated. So I have all the Star Wars current stuff, and then I have the next ish- item down is the Star Wars Legends. So mm-hmm. I finally split them apart um, because I just don't need to look at the Legends stuff anymore because I'm not buying yeah. any more of that. There yeah. is stuff I still don't have, like like I need more issues of Dark Times and Invasion yeah, I think um, I have the whole Dark Times run. I would need to go back and look through. It was pretty good. Yeah, and Knight Errant I need more of. Mm. Um, oh, that's weird. I have Knight Errant volumes one, uh, 2 and 3, but not volume 1, apparently. Weird. Um, I need to do that. I need to go yeah. catalog all my shit. That will take me so fucking long. It, it was a joy. When I did it, I loved doing it. Really? Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. I, just, I love making lists. Yo, so do I. It's just that... Well, clearly you do. (laughs) I have a few more comics than you, especially in singles. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have... I think I have 11 long boxes worth of comics, including trades. But that's a lot. That's a lot of comics. 
I have like the equivalent of probably five or six long boxes at most. Yeah. But they're mostly trades. Yeah. Um, also, just so you know, Avatar The Last Airbender, there are comics and they are very good. And I would mm-hmm. recommend getting the library versions of them, which is the hardbound collections, because there are notes from the creator mm-hmm. in the sides and stuff. And I find like that th- I find that stuff to be very interesting. His like notes on the panels and stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a trade. Uh, there's a collection called The Promise, The Search, The Rift, Smoke and Shadow, and then North and South concluded, and they're going to be releasing a new one. Hmm. called Imbalance, and the first trade of that releases on October 23rd, right oh after my boy. wedding. boy. So there's another Avatar Last Airbender comic a-coming. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to finish reading all the comics that I own before I go and buy more comics that I'm not going to read. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I did, well, cool. I, did, I did the dumb thing where I'm, I'm buying the first trade of a new thing. Yeah, while you have a bunch of other trades waiting. Yeah. Well, I only have four trades currently waiting to be read. My my buddy Cody, he he was looking at the new run of Spider Man, um, and so he got like volume one of Brand New Day or whatever it is, and then he eventually got the collection. So he just gave me volume one of Brand New Day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. but I know if I start reading it, I I get way into Spider Man comics. Mm-hmm. Like I have the entire run of Ultimate Spider Man, like all 29 mm-hmm. trades or something. Um, I really love Ultimate Spider-Man, and I just yeah. get way into Spider-Man comics. Like they just suck me right in, and so I know if I start reading this, it's gonna be a problem. So I'm I've been waiting to read it, and I think I'm just gonna like throw that one out and just go ahead and get <laughs> the whole collection of them because I know like that's how I'm gonna have to read them. Right. Because I'll just spend like a whole day reading like one of the book collections. Yeah, that sounds like an idea that would save me from buying a bunch of new comics is just going and rereading a lot of my shit. Because I went back, I mean, it's been like a year ago at this point when I was trying to get back into comics for like the eighth time. Yeah. I went back and read all of, uh, shit, what was it? Oh, all of 52 in DC. Okay. And that was a lot of fun. I love that arc. And then I started Countdown 52, which is Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Which is also very good, but I, I didn't. That's kind of right when I fell off. But I should go back. It sucks because a lot of the good stuff, like the like Ultimate Spider-Man, I've read all those, but I borrowed them from my friend Steven. And so a lot of the comics I really love, I never bought because I just read his. And so the right. stuff I would want to go back and reread, I don't even own anyway. So I don't know, man. Because it was the same with Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, I've read... A couple hundred issues of Amazing Spider-Man since that was that was a bi-monthly at one point for a while. But most of it were ones that he already owned. And then once I got into comics is when I started buying them for myself. So it's just my collection isn't as complete as I would want it to be because I've read a lot of his stuff. Yeah, my Spider-Man comics are an absolute mess. Like I have uh, like Spectacular Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man. I just have those like black and white collections mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. that just they collect like issues one through like 50 something right um and that's how i read them when i was younger and like i did zero work like i, I was not i guess i didn't realize how complicated 
<laughs> comics were when I was younger. Yeah. So I would just like buy an issue yeah. and then read it. And like, yeah. that was fine for me back then. It was all part of the Spider-Man thing. But now it's like, I have all these weird disparate issues from different right. types of Spider-Man arcs and, and stuff. When it, when it comes to trying to categorize and organize your comics, it becomes even more of a pain in the ass. Cause there are so many fucking crossovers nowadays, I guess. I mean, I haven't bought reg- comics regularly for a couple of years, so I, I've heard that it is better now where there aren't so many essential crossovers. They make the crossovers their own events. We're like, hey, if, if DC is doing a big Justice League crossover, you don't also need to be buying the episodes of Batman and Superman and Trinity and Booster Gold and everything else that all tie in. It, they kind of keep them a little more separate because when I got into comics in college, that's all it fucking was. So I have a bunch of like random, so there was, I don't even remember what it was, but there was some big villains event that they did back in like, I guess this would have been like 2008, some big villains event where I would end up buying like one episode or one issue of Catwoman because that it was a, it was a thing about Cheetah and that tied into something that was going on in Justice Society. So I had to read that. And like, so I have so many issues that are just like little one shots as part of other things. And it makes sense from their perspective. It's tricking you into buying more comics than you would normally buy. Exactly. But it, it just makes categorizing them a fucking pain in the ass. And especially if you're trying to go back, which I do now, and catch up on big events. I don't know what things I need to read, what things are essential, what things aren't. Thankfully, yeah, that, forums exist. You need to like, which yeah, helps, exactly. Look up a wiki or something. It's just a pain in the ass. Like, just make it fucking easy. And, and, and it's even worse when, like, if I'm reading Batman. And there's a big thing that's happening in Flash, which I don't care about. I mean, I do, but for the example, there's a big event happening with Flash, and it crosses over with Batman. And so for three or four issues of my Batman comic I'm reading, it ties into the Flash event that I am not reading. So then I'm just confused. I'm buying something that ties into something I'm not reading. It's terrible. It's It's terrible user experience basically right if there's going to be a crossover you should release it as its own separate arc with a special name yes so moving on beyond comics because this is a good segue so i'm going to take our news a little out of order and talk about this dc universe streaming service yeah so this is so after talking about all these comics and how much of a pain in the ass it is i looked into a while ago marvel unlimited their kind of digital comics platform which was not comprehensive it was a rotating list of old things and it just didn't seem like an ideal solution for my problem dc is starting their own version of this called dc universe with some well not some a lot of additional stuff so it is comics they will also have a rotating list of back issues i'm not sure i at least i didn't see in the stories that i read when they plan on releasing new issues if those will be available as part of the subscription, if you can buy them separately, if they add them a month after they release, I don't know what that setup is like. But for comics, back issues, they will rotate through different series at different times. Everything is being upgraded to 4K, super high quality gloss, which is awesome. They also have three different ways that you can read the comics. So traditional digital means of page by page or panel by panel which makes sense, but they also have a new autoplay feature where you can set up like a time where it will automatically, quotes, turn the page for you after a set amount of time so it's more of a hands-free experience in reading. Sounds cool. Sounds like that isn't a great way to read because then you're like rushing to read before it turns the page. But right. a, neat, a neat idea at least to experiment with. 
They'll, it also includes DC Encyclopedia, which is just like a huge, giant wiki, basically, that you can do all this research. Um, but the big additive, which makes this kind of its own unique thing, it isn't just comics. It's also movies and TV shows of DC. So they... I've seen conflicting reports because Kyle, you said in the one that you were reading that for the old movies, like old classics, everything is included. That's what it seemed like it said. I I did not see that. I saw like a big list of DC movies that were included, live action ones at least, but it didn't seem like it was literally everything. They have said that the new movies like Justice League, Aquaman to come out, those will not be there at launch. Presumably, they will wait until you can see those movies on television before they will allow you to watch it on their platform, which typically happens anywhere between like a year to three years after the movie comes out. So that's not ideal. Um, I would anticipate Netflix not really having a lot of DC movies or shows because of this. Right. Animated shows are the same way. So it's, it's some animated shows. It's not everything. As well as the Arrowverse. So like the CW shows being Arrow, Flash... Black Lightning, Supergirl, those will not be on this service because they already had a pre-existing agreement with Netflix, which everyone has Netflix anyway. If you want to watch those shows, you can watch them there. So it's certainly not everything about DC Comics shows and movies, but it's a huge package of those. It is $75 a year, which is pretty steep, but given the content is more fair... Because uh, if you want to pay monthly, it's $8 a month, which for reference is the same as Netflix's basic streaming option is also $8 a month. So kind of apples to apples in that context. Plus you're getting on the comics, that sort of thing. It's just that obviously it's only DC shows and movies. They're also having their own unique original content for the service. They have, um, let's see, I wrote this somewhere. So they're going to have an animated Harley Quinn show a Doom Patrol show, Swamp Thing, as well as kind of the big ticket item, which is Titans, which they revealed a trailer for it at San Diego Comic-Con. We have a bunch of Comic-Con trailers to talk about, but uh, we'll stick with this, and then there's some other things I want to talk about first. But So for the Titans trailer, I, um, it looks like awful. It looks like absolutely just complete shit, this show. There's a moment in it and I'll link the trailer in the show notes on ShadesEverything.com if you want to check it out. The trailer in it, they're talking about Batman. And Robin goes, fuck Batman. And that was kind of like a microcosm of what this show is. Like, in a world where they put out trailers for the new Aquaman movie. Ah, fuck it. Let's just talk about all this shit at once. So in a <laughs> world where they put out the Aquaman trailer, which... Didn't do a ton for me, but I was interested to see... It was a little bit more of a fun trailer. Like, it wasn't dark. Right, which I think is the correct tone to go with anything that Jason Momoa is involved in. Because (laughs) he always has a smile on his face when he says anything. Yeah, we talked about that last episode with Frontier and uh, some other stuff. So, I don't know, it... I'm a little bummed because my original assumption of this movie, given how they introduced the character or teased the character in Batman vs. Superman, and having Jason, uh, I think it's Jason Wan, the director, come out and say this was very different in tone from Justice League and from Batman and Superman, I was kind of hoping, hey, Creatures of the Deep, maybe it's kind of like a horror vibe to this movie. It could be really rad. And they're certainly not doing that. It seems 
lighthearted is maybe an exaggeration, but it seems like just like a straightforward, fun, action-y movie that's not taking itself too seriously. I think that is good. It's better than the alternative, but I would have been really, really interested in like a in like a a horror kind of uh, uh, oh shit. What's like like even like an old school like Five Thousand Leagues Under the Sea kind of a or Ten Thousand. What's what's the fuck is that book? Ten Thousand. Ten Thousand. Uh, 20,000? I don't fucking know. But, like, that kind 10, of horror vibe. Big sea creatures, that kind of thing. Could have been really, really neat. Retro, almost. And it, it isn't. It's just kind of a straightforward oh. movie. It's 20,000. 20,000. So, that is what it is. It comes out in December, I think. I'm not, like, pumped about it. But it looks fine. It doesn't look as bad as, like, Justice League or BVS looked. Right, yeah. I Yeah, I agree. I... If I was in the right mood, I would go see this. Sure. And, I mean, I'm going to see it. I I mean, depending on how reviews go, I may not see it in theaters just because I'm still not at a point where I want to give DC more money. But I will see it eventually. If nothing else, I'll see it when it comes to Redbox. The one thing that did jump out at me was Black Manta. And he looks completely ridiculous. He looks very faithful to how he looks in the comics with the giant kind of manta ray helmet. With the big red beady eyes. Yeah. But just in in a quote-unquote real world, he just looks so dumb. Like, just yeah. not intimidating at all. I likened him to looking like a dark helmet from Spaceballs. <laughs> it definitely evoked that for me. So, yeah. uh, Which know. I guess, like, if you're going to go with a more whimsical, jokey attitude for the movie, making the villain look like the comic book character, I guess, yeah. is a choice you can make. But that's kind of my thing where, like, it isn't whimsical. It's not like it's a funny movie. It's just more fun than the other stuff. Like, they're not really leaning into it being a comedy or anything like that. It, yeah. this, it stuck out to me as being overly silly compared to the rest of what was happening in that trailer. Right. We also and didn't I, get I that got, much context I got vibes from him. Of, so. um, what's the, who's the robot from Power Rangers? Oh, Yes. I I I. Yes, I got I like I expected him because okay. there's that shot of him and I expected him to go I I I. Right, I could see that. I got that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Mighty um, Morphin Jason the, Momoa. On on the um whimsical side, so they put out trailer for Shazam as well, which yeah. I was like really not put off, but I was really skeptical of this movie from the get-go just cuz it's He's such a weird character in general, besides the fact that his the character's name is actually Captain Marvel, Shazam is the wizard, but obviously they're not going to name the movie Captain Marvel for obvious reasons, so they're leaning into Shazam, what are they going to call the superhero? I was very confused by what they were going to try to do with this. But after watching the trailer, like, it looks kind of family-friendly, which is not super what I'm looking for, but again, right. just in terms of differing the tone from the current slate of DC shit movies... I like that they're doing this. It sure. looks fun. Like, it looks... I, I laughed out loud a couple times. I chuckled. I like whatever the main dude is that plays Billy Batson. I think he's charming and, and funny in a quirky way. I think the suit looks kind of ridiculous. It looks like he... Like, back in the day when I was uh, trying to be an actor, back in Ohio, I guess this was like in between high, high school and college, I had a gig as uh, showing up as Batman to little kids' birthday parties. And so I had like a foam Batman suit that I would wear, and I would go and play with the kids and do whatever shit. I was terrible at it, but it paid pretty well, so who cares? 
this felt a little bit like this to me. It looked like he was wearing like a foam superhero suit. Like he looked uncomfortable and it looked really fake. And that kind of was weird to me. Um, it but looks the tone like of when, it I liked. It looks like when Conan O'Brien had those Marvel guys make him a super suit. It looks like right. Conan O'Brien's super suit. Right. Yes. It looks pretty dumb, but kind of maybe in a fun way. I'm not sure how I feel yet. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't spend money to go see it in the theater because it's not what okay. I'm looking for. Yeah, that's But fair. it's cool. I Again, I, I agree with you. I think it's cool that they're separating themselves from the current terrible lineup of yeah. films. Yeah. Um, so... Those two movies, not feeling like the current slate of DC dark, angsty bullshit, made the Titans trailer really stand out. Because boy, is it leaning into the edgy teen angle. Like, it seems like it's trying so hard. Raven is obviously a central character, and she has all these kind of psychological powers. And she's like the most cliched emo chick you could possibly imagine. It just looks fucking like trash. It just looks so bad. Yeah, and, and that makes me really someone... sad, because I love the animated show. Oh, yeah, dude, and I love the Titans. That was one of the first comic series that I really enjoyed, was reading, the like, the original Titans. Which, okay, so I have, like, a quick comic book nerd rant about what, what they decided to do with this show. So, making Starfire a black teenage girl, that's whatever. Maybe she still is an alien and taking a different form. I get why they're not leaning into, like, the orange sex goddess from the comics. I get why they're not doing that. That's kind of ridiculous, especially with current political culture. But that I don't have as much of a problem with. My issue is with Dick Grayson's Robin. So this is Robin, at least what they have said. It's not Nightwing. It's certainly not Nightwing. But it's also not Red Robin. And so the original Robin, Dick Grayson character, is a very charming, much like Bruce character. And then we had Jason, who was the former thief, who was very dark and moody and got murdered by the Joker. And then we had Tim Drake, who was more of the nerdy, uh, smart guy who figured out Batman's secret. And he was like the lighthearted Robin, got older, his dad was murdered, and then he became a little more angry and became Red Robin when he kind of took away from the shadow of Batman. So with the original Titans, Dick Grayson became Nightwing after being Robin, and that's when he started the Titans. With the Teen Titans, it was Red Robin, Tim Drake. This is like they're combining the two, where it's still Dick Grayson, but he's angsty Red Robin version, but he isn't called Red Robin, he's just Robin, and it's just like is a mishmash of all these characterizations that don't make sense for us comic book nerds that care about these type things, and it's just, at the bottom line, it's just a shitty character. He just seems so fucking annoying in that trailer. Like, he's trying so hard to be angsty and dark, and like, he shoots a dude in the trailer, it's like... Fuck off with all this shit. It looks awful. Yeah, I, mm, I man, I love the Teen Titans show. Um, cause, I mean that like that's why when I was watching Arrow, when Slade shows up and he's wearing yep. the mask, I yep. was like, oh, oh shit! I was so excited. I was so excited. Um, and it's because of my love for Teen Titans because Slade is a really great anti-hero well not even an anti-hero i mean i guess in teen titans they kind of portray him as eventually a he, he goes back and forth between an anti-hero and a straight up murderous villain bad right. guy. yeah um yeah oh 
What a cool Because in the comics, his daughter joins Teen Titans. And that's when he becomes more of the anti-hero type. Ah. Where he's just like the bad dude dad kind of guy. Because his daughter, oh, I can't remember her name. But she joins the Teen Titans. Okay. But anyway, looks like a shitty show. And it's more disappointing given that the other DC movies are clearly trying to change that dark, angsty tone. And this show is just leaning into it in the worst, most terrible way. Right. So that is what it is. Um, before we jump back into some more San Diego Comic-Con trailers, I wanted to talk about some, I guess, Nathan Fillion-related news. So there are two, <laughs> big, two big things that came out. One was a quote-unquote amateur fan film that he did where he played Nathan Drake in Uncharted. It was an Uncharted short. Yeah. I use the sneer quotes around amateur fan made because this clearly had a very large budget. Yes. Was very professionally done, had name actors in all of the major roles. That's not an amateur fan film. Come <laughs> right. on, people. Let's not try to trick each other here. This is clearly <laughs> made as a pitch to try to make a legit Uncharted movie or TV show. Right. Which Naughty Dog came out after the fact and were like, hey, this is awesome. Which obviously they're going to. They're not going to be like, that thing was terrible. But <laughs> it was cool to see that validation. People have been clamoring to have Nathan Fillion play Drake for years at this point. He's bordering on the too old now to yeah. really do it. But I did like that this seems like it takes place in between the third game and the fourth game. Yes. Where Drake is a little bit older, and he talks a lot about his past experiences. So I like that part of it, where they weren't trying to hide that he's an older Nathan Drake. They they lean into it a little bit more. I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, they uh, yeah they they leaned a little more heavily into the Nathan feeling because he is very goofy in it. Because like I mean like Nathan Drake, he he can be goofy, but mm-hmm. it's. I, yeah, I don't know. He's definitely not as goofy as you think of when you think of Nathan Fillion. Nathan right. Fillion's goofy. Drake isn't as goofy. He's just kind of like charming and smarmy. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, yeah. I, I still think Fillion is a good fit for that character. I think so, too. But this, this was definitely a more goofy take on Nathan Drake than you see in the video games. Right. And I, I was down with it. I liked it. Yeah, sure. I mean, in a, in, a, in a general sense, like, I was disappointed when it ended. Yeah. Which tells me, like, hell yeah, give me more of that shit. Like, I right. wanted to watch more right then. Um, I really liked and I thought it did a good job of leaning into the video gaminess of it without being obvious. Like, the Doom movie where it's like, there's first-person shooter section with The Rock. Where, like, when he's escaping, it kind of goes to the behind-the-back the, um, the camera angle. And, like, right. it moves when he shoots the same way you would when, you're, when you'd be playing. Like, that aspect of it, it was, it was obvious, obvious enough that it was obvious. But it was subtle enough where it wasn't, like, super distracting. Right. It wasn't too in your face. And, like, when he gets up off the ground, it unletterboxes the screen. Right. Like, it's coming right. out of cinematic. I yes. liked that. I thought that yes. was fun. Yeah, there were a lot of cool little moments like that. And just, like, the way that he fights and moves around. Yeah. It's a lot more scrappy. It felt appropriate for, for that kind of style. So, it was awesome. If you haven't watched it, certainly recommend it. I, th- I think it's, like, 14 minutes, so it's not a huge time investment. But it was a really good time, and I would I would love to see more, whether it was a, a movie or a TV show. I mean, like, the, the setup, given that it's a short, it was pretty standard. Yeah. Like, the story wasn't exciting or anything like that. But as a, as a proof of concept... I thought it was very successful. I, yeah, I agree. Unfortunately for Nathan Fillion, he is no longer playing Cade Six in Destiny, 
which we already know Cade Six dies in Forsaken. We don't know if he stays dead, but we know he dies. But Nathan Fillion is not returning for that role. It is instead being handed over to Nolan North. Which is <laughs> so, bizarre. Basically, they're changing jobs. Nathan <laughs> Fillion's taking over as Drake. Nolan North's taking over as Cade Six. So presumably this is only for whatever beginning section of the game uh, before Cade dies. I'm still kind of of the mind that they. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought the character back. But given that Nathan Fillion is no longer doing the character, I totally understand why they're killing him. Is because they couldn't afford to pay Nathan Fillion to keep playing the character. Sure. That's how the business of this stuff works. Which just kind of pulls into question, like, why do they keep paying these big-name actors to do these recurring roles like this when they know they're not going to have the budget when it comes to the future? Because the whole Peter Dinklage thing with him playing Ghost. Right. Besides the fact that he did a shitty job of it, like, did they really think they were going to be able to afford to have Peter Dinklage come in and do VO as Ghost for, like, the next decade of Destiny games? Like, think ahead, people. It's not that big of a selling point. That's absurd. If it's a one-off Call of Duty game where you get Kevin Spacey or get Gary Oldman to come in, that totally makes sense. It's a one-off thing and they're done. Yeah, but when they're but building a, a franchise and a game yeah. is a service experience. Yeah. It oh, seems man. like it's just a lack of forethought really right. is what it is. But I just thought it was a pretty funny – obviously, it's not going to have that big of an impact on anything, but it's pretty funny how they kind of traded jobs yeah. there. Bring um, back Firefly. <laughs> so the next story – I'm just going to go ahead and call this hate of the week. It's another one of those where I actually am really frustrated by it, but I can't not make a hate of the week because I hate it so much. So James Gunn has been fired as director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. For a little context on why this happened, recently some tweets from Gunn's past, some of which up to like 10 years old tweets, kind of resurfaced that are were perceived as being very offensive. It was jokes about pedophilia and uh, like harassment, that sort of thing, molestation. They were not... That They were not great tweets. They were jokes. They weren't funny jokes, but they were jokes. I get why people would be offended by them, but they were jokes, right? So these resurfaced. Disney, or people started giving a t- shit ton of backlash saying, fuck James Gunn for these random jokes he made a fucking decade ago. So Disney kind of was at a point where they fired him. I feel like they were in a position where they didn't really have a ton of choice. Kyle, you and I had a really long conversation about this. Because we kind of are coming at it from different perspectives. But at the end of the day, they, regardless of how we feel about whether or not they should have fired him, they clearly looked at it and said, keeping him on would be detrimental to the brand of Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers and Marvel and Disney, which is why they fired him. You could certainly make the argument that they should not have, but that's not really the point of what I'm trying to get at here. So... I did not realize this at first, but I have learned that the dude who did this is, frankly, just an internet troll that does this all the time. And he likes going back and finding old things and discrediting people. He's a far right-wing, alt-right troll, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. And uh, he famously, during the election, started a rumor about Hillary Clinton and her people having like a child molestation ring that was associated with a pizza place. And it got such fervor built around it that a person went to that pizza place and shot it up. 
like brought a gun to the place and shot up the place because they believed this story so much. So why this guy isn't in prison, I don't understand. Yeah. But that's frankly neither here nor there. The frustration for me comes not just that this piece of shit human being is allowed to do what he does and get away with it when someone says a shitty thing 10 years ago and gets fired for it. My frustration is a little more geared at society at large for having this mob mentality and what we talk about all the time, this some dark hidden thing where we want successful people to die. Like we want them to fail because it makes us feel better about our shitty lives. And to think that like this dude who tweeted some potentially offensive jokes 10 years ago deserves to be fired from his job for having done that is beyond me. Yeah. Like I, to be honest with you, I, cause I'll go and rewatch um, old YouTube videos of mine while I'm playing Pokemon or whatever else. I make plenty of jokes. I say plenty of things where I'm like, Ooh, I don't like that anymore. Or like, Oh, that joke didn't play the way I wanted it to play. And like, that's, I'm embarrassed by that. And I consider like, Oh, maybe I should just like make my YouTube channel private. I don't even want people to see that kind of stuff. And I kind of think about that. I look at, you know, cause I have time hop, which shows my old social media posts on this day from every year past. And I'll see old tweets back when I used to get all heated about politics. And I would tweet stuff about Obama or whatever it was. And like it was done out of anger and it's not as witty as I thought it was at the time, you know, where I'm like embarrassed by those. Yeah. But like, do you think my employer would go back and look at those tweets and fire me because of that? That would be a ridiculous thing. And just imagine if that was the case, Literally every single person on the fucking planet would be would fired, fired from their jobs. That's that's the thing that gets at me so bad is the fucking hypocrisy of it all. Like, yes. the fact that people go, like, regardless, like, regardless of whether or not you think those jokes from 10 years ago are tone deaf or they offend you, fucking regardless, the fact that you think someone should be fired now for something they said... Yes. What is essentially, I mean, in terms of socially speaking, a lifetime ago, like people right. grow and change and society changes so fast now because of our access to information and social media, the way that causes and information gets meted out to people, like the way it spreads, our opinions and our perspectives are constantly shifting in a way that didn't happen 50 years ago. This is an insane thing. Like every single yes. fucking person on the face of the planet has said something shitty at some point. How the fuck would you feel to have that turned yes. back at you 10 years later when you know now, like, you wouldn't do that now, obviously, because you know right. it's a shitty thing. That's getting turned back at you and used if he, to meet out consequences, unjust consequences. If, if he was tweeting these things now, that's a totally fine. different conversation. Then fine, fire him because it doesn't represent your company values, whatever. But, like... 10 years ago, I guess it's been a little more than 10 years ago, but like when I was in high school, I used the word gay to describe things I didn't like all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, that's fucking gay, as in that's stupid. Is that a bad thing to say? 100%. I'm not proud that I used to do that. I regret doing that. I no longer do that. But to look at me and say that I am, I'm a bad person today because of something that I used to say 10 years ago, fuck off. Like you're not you're not letting people grow. Right. 
You're 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 saying like you're taking the every only, bad the only... like every yes. everything that they've ever done that could be taken as being bad, making sure you warp it and twist it so it is bad and using it against them. And that's the danger yeah. of this social media and this technology nowadays is everything is documented forever. There is no forever. getting rid of almost everything that we do. And so we make ourselves yep. accessible to this kind of hypocritical mistreatment. Um, and that's like, I, it needs to be a consciousness change where we just accept the fact that people fuck up and people have to be allowed to grow. So the conversation shouldn't have been, oh, he made these shitty tweets from 10 years ago. We need to distance ourselves. It should have been, he made these shitty tweets 10 years ago. Let's have a conversation with him about how he is now. Give him a chance to speak out about it and show that he's changed. And then we fucking move past it. Because, like, what mm -hmm. kind of lives are we living where we live 10 years in the past all focused yes. on our mistakes? That is such a shitty way of living life. Yes. It's absolute crap. And, and what makes it worse is the reasoning of this guy that did this. He doesn't give a fuck about what no. James Gunn said he 10 years ago. He wasn't the one who was offended. He did it because James Gunn is an outspoken anti-Trump person. This guy is an alt-right Trump supporter. And so he's doing whatever he can to make James Gunn look bad. That was his, that was his reasoning. And he succeeded. This guy, this shitty guy who would who has no nothing fucking better to do than comb through thousands and thousands of tweets over 10 years to find the dozen of the tens of thousands of tweets that James Gunn has made to find the dozen that people could get upset about and to post those on the internet so that the mob mentality picks up of all the other conservatives who are already disliking James Gunn and want him to fail because they disagree with his politics like Fuck you. Just straight up, fuck you. To all to anybody that would have that mentality of I disagree with this person on one one thing, therefore I want them to be fired. I want their livelihood taken away. Fuck you. I have no qualms about saying that in that context. Like fuck right the fuck off. Move to another damn planet. Go away. Go be miserable and shitty by yourself somewhere else and stop fucking up my life. Like, the fact that James Gunn is no longer directing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, who gives a shit about that? I think he's a good director. He did a great job with the first two movies. I have faith that he would do a good job with the third movie. But I don't give a shit about that. I don't even give a shit about James Gunn. It's the, the, the mentality of this, that this witch hunt, it is a social media witch hunt where based on nothing... Other than baseless, baseless accusations, old context that is no longer relevant, we're now destroying people's lives. He will never recover from this. Sure, he's going to direct other stuff, fine. But this will go with him for the rest of his fucking life. That he made a pedophilia joke in 2007. Fuck you if that matters to you. And it fucking doesn't. This shit doesn't matter to anybody. No one gives a shit about those tweets. They just want to see him fail for whatever their personal shitty reasons. I can't even talk about this anymore. It makes me so angry. Are you beginning to come like, around to my side about, hey, maybe not living terrible past and we 40 die. wouldn't be that bad? <laughs> uh, no. It's, it's not worth it, man. It's not it's worth too much, the fight. No, dude. 
If I go, There's I go. There's too much other good dude. stuff. And I'm not going to be There's too much other good it. stuff. I I mean like I'm not going to I'm with you. I'm not going to, you know, force an early end to it. Right? But if it happens, it happens, dude. And if there is, I don't I'm not going to push my religious beliefs on anyone. I don't necessarily believe in this, but if there is an after, mm-hmm. not going to be too upset that I'm there and not here. <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to that. Whew. That, no, you are so wrong. How can you honestly say, I, I understand you don't believe that hell exists, but hypothetically, if it does, how can you honestly say that hell is not, that, that hell is less bad than where we are right now? Do you know anything about hell? Dude, there's zero chance it's worse than what we have going on. That makes no sense. There are so many things that are so much worse. Hell could not that, be that worse such, than the human condition, dude. That is such a ridiculous argument to make. Like, okay, but even put it into perspective of your life versus other people's current lives. There are so many people that have it so much fucking I worse know. than you. And hell is worse than they have it. Maybe. That, no, that is absurd. That is absurd. But okay, imagine, okay, even imagine hell is hell is as bad as the worst person on earth has it right now. Are you the person that has it worst on earth right now? It de- oh, you do, well, okay, you no, don't need no, to take no, this the, long. The, the answer to that is obviously no, but worse in what way? Anyway. My point is, my point is this. Hell, if hell is the worst thing compared to the worst person on earth, it is worse than you have it right now. It depends in if it it depends on worse worse in what way? How about just like constant torture? Well, this is constant torture. Thinking about the no, fact that people like this no. guy exist. No. And they get away with it. Your privilege is showing. No, you cannot you cannot say that this circumstance or your frustration at life is worse than like being flayed alive for eternity. Come on. You aren't seriously making that argument. No, don't think of <laughs> don't even like come on. No, that's impossible. You cannot make that argument. That is I'll absurd. continue to think about it while we move on. <laughs> oh god. So, Something I feel significantly less passionate yeah, about. Yeah, all of this. Are m- most of the other things we saw at San Diego <laughs> Comic-Con. And not, not like negative. Yeah. I just, I'm kind of apathetic, which is kind of part of a larger conversation. So, a b- brief aside. That's not true. None of my asides are brief. But I saw an IGN post on Facebook that was, Hey, here are the big things that were shown at San Diego Comic-Con. Which one are you most excited about? It was the Titan show... Aquaman, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them trailer, uh, the new Godzilla movie, um, what, what, what did I miss? Captain uh, Shazam, rather. It was all of those things. Like, which one are you most excited about? And I looked at that, and I didn't post this because I'm not a piece of shit who gives a fuck about my opinion. <laughs> but when I saw it, my, I thought, I, my immediate thought was like, I don't really care about any of those. What are we, what like, are we doing here? What? You just said I'm a piece of shit who cares about my opinions. What? Why are we? Why are we doing the podcast? No, no, no. 
I just mean in the context of that. So like okay, they, they okay. make, and I'm sure plenty of people did this and those people are shitty because that is like, so they post, which one are you most excited about? In the comments, everyone should be saying, oh, I'm most excited about Titans or, oh, I'm most excited about Godzilla. Here's why. I didn't want to go in and be like, I don't really care about any of them because that's just like shitting on someone's parade. Like who the fuck gives a shit? The whole point of it is to talk about why people are excited, yeah. not for some spoil sport to come in and be like, oh, who, who cares about any of these? That's how I felt, but I'm not going to try to ruin other people's fun. Anyone that would do that, like, fuck off. Like, get over yeah. yourself. No one should care about your shitty negative negativity. Textbook narcissism. Exactly. That's my point. I am narcissistic <laughs> about it, but I'm not going to go out of my way to ruin someone else's but excitement. you're not textbook narcissist. <laughs> yeah, I'm com- I'm comic book narcissist. <laughs> I'm <Cliff> Notes narcissist. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of sums up my feeling on San Diego Comic-Con this year, which is rare. And, and I don't think it's because I'm getting more negative or cynical as time goes. It's more just like the things that are getting ready to come out the quote-unquote big hype things, I just don't give a shit about or just don't look all that appealing to sure. me. If they had shown a teaser trailer for the next Avengers movie, I would be pumped. If they had shown a teaser trailer for the next Star Wars movie, I'd be pumped. Maybe a little less so because of how I feel about Star Wars now. But, like, that kind of stuff, there are plenty of things that I get very excited about. There are tons of video games that I get very excited about. But what they showed there, I was kind of like, Ugh. So... New Fantastic Beasts and Crimes of Grindelwald trailer. Again, I was just kind of like, I watched it. I'm like, it looks fine. Uh, this is more about my apathy towards Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I just thought it was kind of a, me- a jumbled mess of a movie. Yeah. There's certainly fun parts, cool world building parts. It's just, it was clear that this was written as a movie trying to be like the books where it went way too deep into the nitty-gritty, but that nitty-gritty hadn't already been established by its audience, and so I was lost a lot yeah. during that movie. Yeah. Because, like, there there isn't a Fantastic Beast in... Well, there is a Fantastic Beast in Where to Find Them book, but there isn't a Fantastic Beast in Where to Find Them book of this movie, that they turned into this movie. Right. And so all the shit about the... I don't even remember the names, but like the U.S. Congress of Wizards and the Obscurus and all those things that normally, if it was actually Harry Potter, everybody would understand because they would have read about it and gotten extra context. Having no context, I was just kind of like, this is just a bunch of bullshit. I don't know what's happening. And this kind of feels a little bit more like that. There's a whole other part of like, I don't know that I need to see young Dumbledore. I don't really care. I don't want Johnny Depp playing Grindelwald. Me neither, man. Who fucking cares about Johnny Depp anymore? I'd rather have so Christopher Walken playing Grindelwald. <laughs> that's a very different movie. <laughs> Dumbledore. We were gay when we were younger. More cowbell. <laughs> so, like, I'm probably going to go see it just because it's Harry Potter. But, I, I mean, I just don't really care. My expectations are pretty low. If, if it's, like, a very average movie, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Is it Jude Law playing young Dumbledore? Yes. I don't ever want to picture Jude Law and Donnie Depp getting it on. Johnny Depp. Not Donnie Depp. Donnie Depp. Johnny Depp's brother. Um, something tells me they're not really going to lean into that. Yeah, something tells me that, homosexuality, too. Homosexuality, so I wouldn't worry about a sex Which scene. Which is actually kind of a shame. I kind of wish they... It doesn't seem like they're even going to acknowledge it. Well, who knows? It's just a trailer. Yeah. I just like it. Uh, I don't know. I hope they acknowledge it. 
I also have other feelings about that reveal in the first place. Yeah, I know. Because it came out, she it came it so far copies. That's what it felt like, certainly. When she was like, yeah, he was gay the whole time. And I was like, you're full of shit. There's no way you wrote it with that intention. Right. But she's a famous author, so she can, it's that whole, like, there's symbolism in everything if you pretend there is. Yeah. Um, Whatever. The Great Gatsby. <laughs> Bingo. Thanks, high school language teacher, for ruining <laughs> that I'm thinking book more of uh, Moby Dick. It's just, a, yes. it's just a story about a guy trying to catch a whale. That's all it is. There's no symbolism there. Uh, we all have so, a whale. <laughs> we also got new trailers for two new sci-fi shows, which are relevant for two different reasons. So first, there's a show called Night Flyers, which looks like a sci-fi show. I'll watch Because it. it's sci-fi and generic. I watch those. It was I know, and that's fine. I'm not I'm not trying to super dismiss them. They're just <laughs> well, the, all kind of the same they show totally to me. They are. Yeah. Um, it's only important because George R. R. Martin put this together. So there's a trailer for that. I, I don't. It, it looks very generic to me. There's nothing really. I was like, this seems like it was a George R. R. Martin idea. Right. Uh, and then there's another show called Deadly Class, which I feel very differently about because this does seem very unique and cool. I would describe it as a Misfits X-Men meets Kick-Ass in the 80s is the vibe that I got from that trailer. Yes. Which sounds pretty cool. Because it's not that they have superpowers, but it's more of like a a school of mis- misfit kids that don't fit in, that are learning secret assassin moves, and there's a lot of combat, but it's also teenagers in the 80s, and so there's lots of like sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of attitude. Yeah. Mohawks and shit, skateboards. So it looks pretty cool. It it's also looks like it's maybe a generic version of that cool idea, but I'm at least interested in the premise. Well, and that cool idea is also kind of a westernized, generalized version of, I'm sure, something from Japan. Most anime. <laughs> well, and this this show is based on the graphic novel, I think, of the same name. So yeah, it I makes think more I might sense why it's out. super stylized. It, it looks, it looks kind of neat. Yeah. I would be, like, the Night Flyer show, I don't really care about unless people are like, it's amazing. The Deadly Class show, I would at least check out a couple episodes to see what it's like. Sure. Yeah, I, I think if I can... I don't know if they have, like, a full collection of Deadly Class, like, all in one that I could mm-hmm. buy. But if I could buy it that way, that would be really good. I need to look that up. Yeah. And then, finally, at San Diego Comic-Con, we got trailers for The Dragon Prince, which we talked about last episode, which comes from the uh, director and head writer of Avatar. It looks okay. Uh, I don't know. It seems like it's sci-fi animated show. It's kind of hard with a TV show like that to do in a 90-second trailer. Yeah. But I didn't get a ton out of it, to be honest. I, my biggest pet peeve in animated shows is when they use any 3D animation at all. It right. really bothers me. I prefer right. just the 2D goodness mm-hmm. of a hand-drawn dealio. And this has a lot of 3d in it and i think that means i'm not gonna watch it because i just can't stand it that has been enough to make me stop watching countless animes like okay. regardless of what the story is like i just can't handle that art style i think it looks terrible yeah it looks like an early deal- 2000s video game it's not a deal breaker for me i definitely don't like it either i know futurama in later seasons did a lot of that yeah kind of and it really it always is me. very distracting I noticed that in this, too. I was not a big fan of the animation style, but 
that's not a reason for me. Like, it's not a big enough deal for me where I, I wouldn't want to watch it. It does come out, I think, next month on Netflix, so I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, and just, then, it really bothers me for some reason. Like, I just I can't move past it. It bugs me so much. Yeah. Um, and then the trailer for Disenchantment, which was it was an actual trailer, not just kind of the teaser that we got a couple weeks ago. Right. It, I mean, it certainly certainly seems like a Matt Groening show. I like a lot of the characters they set up, especially Elfo. He seems like he's going to be my fast favorite. Um, yeah. Some of the jokes felt a little dated. Like, it again, it feels very Matt Groening where it's not the most topical humor. It feels a little old school, which there's charm to that, but it's also some of, some of it might be a little cringy maybe. Yeah, um, I think there's a place for it, though. Sure, yes. I was very distracted by the voice of Bean who plays the main princess. I just didn't like her voice. And I went on IMDb and it's Abby Jacobson who is on broad city. So there are two women on broad city. There's the chick with the curly hair and the chick with the straight hair. Abby Jacobson is the chick with the straight hair. I don't watch broad city, so I can't give you more specifics than that, but I think they're both very funny women. Um, But something about the voice that she puts on for this character, I didn't love hopefully something I can get used to, but that stood out to me in the trailer of just not really liking the voice of the main character. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I, again, it's not like I'm not going to watch this, but the trailer didn't do as much for me as I maybe hoped it would in terms of like me being super hyped for it. Okay. So now we can go back to some standard video game news. So this is actually a pretty big deal. And I think we've mentioned it before. No Man's Sky Next. So this was the big release when they brought No Man's Sky to Xbox. They brought this big release along with it. There's a ton of shit, a lot of details that you can come find. Um, I will link the actual post from No Man's Sky in the show notes if you want all the detail. But just as kind of like an overview of a lot of the changes, which are very vast. Yeah, and things that people have been asking for for a long time. Finally, they found a way to implement. Right. So there's full-on multiplayer now. You can have up to four pe- four people in kind of your party. Um, you don't have to stick or stick together. You, if you can start all in one party and go to totally opposite ends of the galaxy is allowed, but you're still in the same same party. You can attack one another. But I guess, excuse me, there are mechanics in place to maybe discourage that or make it not as useful. Like there's no real benefit in killing your teammates other than just trolling them. Um, you can share pretty much everything except for your ship. That's still a one person thing that is only owned by you. Right. You can share all your resources. You can share like a freighter. Right. So like like, you can all park on the freighter freighter. and go together. Exactly. Um, they have some multiplayer missions that are, I guess are pretty simple to start like fetch questy kind of things, getting resources kind of things, but that are more collaborative. Um, bases can now be built anywhere. So the base building was even an update that was added after launch. Right. And now the bases can be literally anywhere, any size. I saw a video that No Man's Sky, Sean Murray posted on Twitter of somebody that built a made tower. a base. Yeah, it's it's like, it's like thousands up the of feet tall. Yeah. And it just the guy just jumps off it and just falls thousands of feet just into a, an ocean. It's very funny. Um, bases can have up to 20,000 individual pieces. Yeah. Which is and a lot. They've added like a bunch of new pieces and stuff too. You can build mm-hmm. your base underwater, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. a less scary uh, as, Subnautica, if you will, <laughs> as well as uh, specific missions for base building to kind of incentivize and, and give you new stuff that way. Um, the, we talked about the freighters. You can now purchase a fleet of freighters that you can send on missions to go get resources and stuff for you. You can follow them. Like, they don't just disappear and come back. You they can actually, actually follow go. them along. They actually go and do the thing. And presumably can really be cool. attacked by other players or factions or whatever it may be. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. So there, there was one example where um, someone, they all had their ships on this freighter, and what they did was... Like, three of the people went and moved their ships to another freighter, and then the guy sent the freighter that the fourth person's ship was still on to right. another system. <laughs> so that person was just, like, on a train away <laughs> from the rest of them, which is hilarious. Like, that that's kind of stuff. That's just, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun it's, it's, it's fun. Um, they also added a third-person perspective, which seems like a really fun way to play the game. Yeah. So, obviously, you can see your character model, so there are customization op- options and how you look. You can play as a couple different races, different colors, different armor pieces. It seems like the customization is kind of simple right now, but hopefully they add additional complexity to that, uh, additional options. Um, and then, finally, they added buried treasure. So there's like a new kind of scanner that you can use to find buried treasure underground that give you additional rare resources and that kind of stuff. That's fun. Just makes the the random exploration and walking around on a planet a little more engaging because yeah. fa- it was fairly monotonous in, in the main game. Right. And I think there's still – like you can so, yeah. still approach the game as like a really chill experience, which I know a lot of yes. people really liked it for. I've read many, many comments and forum posts about getting lit and playing the game. Not something I partake <laughs> right. in, but um, I guess if right. that's how you want to do it, you do you. Um, <laughs> so I guess that is still definitely a viable way to play. Like, this is all just things that you can engage in if mm-hmm. you want. It's not going to be, like, thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, as part of this, announced that post the next launch, they'll have weekly updates, which will be free which they didn't really get into details about like sizes or what's going to be included, but presumably it's just kind of building on all these new systems and new options, new customizability, that sort of thing. So they're obviously very much into this for the long haul. They've put out a couple of huge updates to this game post-launch. It sucks that it launched in the state that it did because it was so underwhelming. Having never played that original version, it's going to be hard for me to jump in and have a full perspective on the growth of the game. I'll but, be able to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> with all the changes, man, just like my excitement on giving it a shot just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. So I'm definitely going to have to jump into it in the next couple of weeks and, and check it out. Because it seems like there's just... It's like Minecraft. Like, the core game, there was so much to it, but it just wasn't totally there. But just all these regular updates and additional options and things to do make it so much more exciting to play. Yeah, it's like if... Minecraft were to release like weekly events and challenges for you to do right. where you could get like even if it was like earning special skins for that week or something. Right. Hey, maybe that's a really good fucking idea, Mojang. I hope you're listening. <laughs> um but yeah, like that would keep me going back and playing Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Like kill a thousand chickens. And like yeah, I've got to load thing. up my world that has a giant fucking chicken farm. Like <laughs> that'd be sure. fun. Sure. So, yeah, I think this is a really good way of re-injecting No Man's Sky with new players, a lot of new life, and kind of... It's it, it's nice to see... 
because I, I haven't seen really any negative talk about No Man's Sky with these announcements. And normally, anytime they right. would say anything or surface, a bunch of people would be shitting on it. But I don't right. really, I have not encountered that. And granted, like my social circle in terms of gaming is limited um, compared to the scope of the gaming community at large. But um, it's nice to see people positive, positively yeah. speaking about the game. Yeah, I mean, the only negative stuff I've seen was more just about it sucks it took them this long to make the game sure. that should have launched, which is a completely fair criticism. Yeah. But you're right. The actual content, I haven't seen that much negativity about it either, which is which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then two other game announcements. Well, I guess sort of announcements. So Guacamelee 2 was announced a little while ago, said it was coming out this summer, but we hadn't heard anything else about it. They put our new trailer, gameplay trailer, and it's coming out August 21st. I'm fucking hyped. Guacamelee was one of my absolute favorite PS3 games. Cannot wait for the second one. It's going to have four-player co-op available on PS4 and PC to start. It looks legit. It looks fucking gorgeous. I love the color. It does. Animation. It's awesome. Cannot wait to play it. And then, um, so I found this randomly on Game Informer, and I'm glad I did because it's ridiculous. There's a new game that was announced called Nickelodeon Kart Racers. And it is what you think. It's a kart racer starring classic Nickelodeon characters, which actually sounds kind of okay. Like, I, yes, I, sure. I'm kind of into this. I know, right? It's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. It's supposed to be coming out uh, It's on October 23rd. This is a great Switch a, game. It's only a $40 game, which is, which is positive. Um, classic locations and characters. Some of the announced characters, Tommy Pickles, Reptar, and Angelica from Rugrats. Helga and Arnold from Hey Arnold, uh, Patrick and Sandy from SpongeBob. Presumably, SpongeBob will also be in it, as well as all four of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles characters. Oh yeah! So that sounds pretty legit. And then you see who is making the game, and Kyle, you have a list of other games the studio has worked on. Yes. So the name of the development studio of Nickelodeon Kart Racers is Game Mill Entertainment, which is just which is maybe the not implication an awesome name. of that name is. It's just, they're just churning it just, out. Yeah, just pumping them out. Grinding and, and, up and, and, that hot, hot game wheat into <laughs> oats or whatever it is, whatever it does, meal. Before we go and make fun of all these video games, yeah. I want to be clear. We're not casting dispersions on this studio. There are plenty of studios out there with a lot of talented, hardworking people that just have to make games to pay the bills. Correct. We're not making any assumptions about the quality of the studio nor of this Nickelodeon Kart Racers game. But Kyle, when you walked me through some of these other games, I was like, oh, maybe I'm a little less excited about Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Yeah, so that so being the- said, let's make yeah. fun of the studio. They right. have put out Rapala Fishing Pro Series. Deer Hunter sure. Reloaded. Okay. Cartoon Network Battle Crashers. So at least they have experience taking a television network's animated characters and making them into another Making video. a game. Mm-hmm. I will not speak to the quality. It's bad. Uh, uh, Monster Jam Crush It. Big Buck Hunter Arcade. Another Rapala Buck Hunter. Daily Catch. Goosebumps the Game. Oh, boy. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? No, I am not, and that game sounds bad. This next one is perhaps my favorite one on the list. Um, Guncraft. Oh, boy. Um, I'm curious about Guncraft. I wonder what kind of game that is. Yeah, I wonder what it could possibly be, Shay. It's a voxel-based online shooter. 
that where you play is as it, people who look like Minecraft characters and you shoot guns and it's terrible. Is that really what it That's is? That's seriously what Guncraft is. I'm going to have to check out some Guncraft. No, you don't. Monster Jam <laughs> Battlegrounds, Big Hero 6 Battle in the Bay, Frozen. Okay, popular movie. Yeah, Frozen, Olaf's Quest. Another popular movie with a very unlikable character. Yep. Hotel <laughs> Transylvania. So uh-huh. Cla- That's another movie. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. Yet another animated movie. Doodle Jump Adventures. Not sure that's a movie. Zuzu Babies. Oh, boy. Zuzu. Are those, we're, are we're, those zoo animal babies? Uh, it's Z-H-U-Z-H-U. Oh. Um, no idea what the fuck that is. I believe we're getting into Wii games now. Ah. Country so Dance All-Stars. Baby. What, what was that? Country Dance All-Stars. <laughs> that sounds like the worst thing imaginable. Yep. Not only do you have to listen to country music, you have to dance to it via motion video gaming. Swing your Wiimote round and round. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your nunchuck to the ground. Um, the next one, Jewel Quest Trilogy. You get oh all three of the Jewel Quest games. Hell I yeah. might add the picture for this is literally just the Indiana Jones font. Jewel Quest Trilogy, <laughs> uh, Hidden Mysteries, the Hidden Mysteries games, Salem Secrets. Aren't all mysteries hidden? Isn't that the point of a mystery? Um, also, this has... It's not obvious mysteries. In between the word hidden and mysteries, they have the I from um, the Illuminati. Of course. Um, so it's hidden Illuminati mysteries. Okay, here, here's something uh, relevant. Nickelodeon Big Time Rush... I don't know what that game is, but it's another Nickelodeon game. Big Time Rush, and I know this because I've seen trailers because the show looks hilarious. And I've only seen the trailer for the show because I saw a Vine using music from the show, which was very funny. So, Big Time Rush is a live-action Nickelodeon show about, I think it's like a group of guys who are athletes, like teenage athletes who start a boy band. Oh, no. I think they're, I think they're hockey players. I'm going to Google this real quick. <laughs> oh, no. So, Big Time Rush. Oh, they were an actual... Okay, they were also an actual boy band. They were formed in 2009. So, Big Time Rush, nick.com. Uh, all right, let's uh, load faster. I don't care about your terms of service. I don't Someone somewhere is very excited about the one website trafficking hit they just got on this web page. Oh, man, I want to see the... Uh... Oh, so this is just a description. Where can I see this? I'm so disappointed. This is taking so much longer than it should. I just want to see like what I just want to see the elevator pitch for this show. Boy, there are a lot of girl-looking dudes on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the fucking description of this? While you keep okay, big time rush. Okay, here. life is about to change big time for these four best friends from Minnesota. Oh, they use the name one of the day, show. One day, Kendall Knight, oh. James Diamond. Carlos Garcia, the eth- ethnically ambiguous one, and Logan Mitchell, most generic white guy name ever, were just playing hockey and trying to pass math. And the next thing, they're on their way to L.A. to become the newest pop sensation on Gustavo Roque's record label, Roque Records. <laughs> Emphasis added. Uh, it may seem like a dream, but trading hockey sticks for their... Oh, but trading hockey sticks for hair and makeup isn't always easy. Do they have what it takes to make it in the music biz? Will celebrity life change them forever? Forever is one word, not two words, Nickelodeon. 
and where will they practice their flip shots anyway? So there you go. There's the elevator pitch for a big time rush where an executive said, hell yes, give me 1,000 episodes of that shit. (laughs) So they made a video game out of that. Great. Another big banger. Zuzu Pets 2. (laughs) Of course. Featuring the Wild Bunch. Okay. Um, Zuzu Pets Quest for Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, Hidden Illuminati Mysteries Titanic Another sequel So their games were successful basically is what you're telling me Yeah Kung Zoo Okay Can- Another sequel to Zuzu Babies I'm guessing uh, Yes I would assume Hey <laughs> Country Dance 2 Oh hell yes <laughs> Fuck um, you Country Dance 1 Apparently there's a Pillow Pets game That sounds not okay That sounds... Like a a decade old James Gunn joke. <laughs> um, Hidden mysteries, vampire secrets. <laughs> uh, the next one is Dogadar. No idea what that could possibly be. Moxie no. Girls, and this mm-hmm. one. This is my personal favorite. That's on this list because I know for a fact when I worked at GameStop, we had over thirty copies of this Wii game. Mm-hmm. Pinkalicious. It's party time. Wow. That does not sound real. It's a real Pink-alicious, game. Pinkalicious, it's party time. Pinkalicious. What kind of game is this? It's party time. It's a, just a shitty one of those like Mario Party all mini game yep. games. Okay. It's bad. Everything's pink. Um Escape That's the, enough. Yeah. No, That's there's enough. only two left. Okay, hit me. Escape the Museum and then Zuzu Pets. So they made a grand Wait, total. I thought of- you already did Zuzu Pets. Well, the first one must have been Zuzu Pets something else. Let me. So look. there are like six Zuzu games. No, there were there, okay. So they made Zuzu Pets, Kung Zoo, Zuzu Pets Quest for Zoo, Zuzu mm-hmm. Pets Two Wild Bunch, and Zuzu mm-hmm. Babies. Ah, uh, Zuzu Babies. Okay, how could we forget? Got it. The incomparable Zuzu Babies. Yes. So basically, this game might not be good. Nickelodeon Shane. Kart Racers might might not be awesome, especially that I had never heard of it until this recent announcement. Nor did I ever see anyone else talking about this announcement. And among all of that pile of garbage, not a one of them was a kart game. Fair, which is also worrisome. Fair, <laughs> yeah. But maybe Woo! they acquired some old Mario Kart developers. <laughs> so we shall see. More updates wow. on Nickelodeon kart, rates to, kart racers to come. Yeah. I'm curious. The concept sounds fun. I'll say that. Yeah. I would like to play as Tommy Pickles again. <laughs> and then finally, this is more of a public service announcement. Batman the Animated Series is getting a full dedicated Blu-ray edition. All 109 episodes, including both of the full-length movies comes out on October 16th. It's $113, which is pretty decently priced for the amount of stuff on it. Only 30,000 of them are being made. I have already so, reserved one. Guaranteed this will sell out. If you want it, go pre-order it now. Yes. October 16th is when it comes out. It will be sold out by the time it comes out. Guaranteed. I'm Maybe considering whether or not I should this podcast buy this. comes out. <laughs> That's fair. I'm considering whether or not I should buy this. I don't know when I would rewatch all of Batman the Animated Series, but I would sure like to own the entirety of Batman the Animated Series. Maybe I'll have to convince my wife that this is a worthwhile investment 
There's only 30,000, babe. It's going uh, it's gonna to go up in value over after a couple of years. So we'll be able to resell this shit on eBay for a couple hundred bucks. We'll buy our house. <laughs> there you go. Babe, this is just an investment in our future. This is our down payment right here. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. I frankly figured this episode is going to be much shorter than it was, but that's okay. Um, it would have been 9 p.m. me to talk about A Quiet Place. Yeah, yeah. I have to get up in six hours to go to the airport, and I still have to edit and post or schedule the podcast and create and post the show notes for the podcast. So and pack. I still have to pack. Okay, let's let's wrap it up because now I'm panicking. Sounds like you should cancel the whole trip. <laughs> yeah, we're we're staying home. We'll send him a gift. Um, send him okay. a copy of Zuzu Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your wedding. <laughs> Well, all right, let's wrap this this thing up. So, uh, as always, we will end with something we don't hate. So, I will say that today I don't hate that I'm going to see a friend of mine get hitched. Really happy for him. It's going to be awesome. And I get an extra day to spend in Chicago, which isn't so bad either. Yeah. Um, today, I don't hate when you finish hard work. So, I hate uh, the hard work, but when you finish right. it, it feels great. True that. Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening. Kyle, as always, thank you for joining me. If you want to see any of the show notes, visit SheaHatesEverything.com. We will be back in the next episode. Peace out.